Ladies and gentlemen, it is Thursday. Whoa. You are hella fucking loud, and I don't even know if it's using your right microphone or not. I don't know. It's so it's so distorted. What? Okay, one moment. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can you still hear me? Uh, you're good now. You're good. Okay. I I didn't do I. Okay. So I didn't do anything. Wait, I just you, still, wait, I, you actually still kind of sound loud. I turned you down by fifty percent. You still kind of sound almost a bit distorted. That's super weird because I just went into my Discord and went to my settings and tested the mic. You know, you can click it and you can hear yourself back. Yeah. All right. And I'll it just, sounded. I'll just turn you down more. I'll just turn you down more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna check one more time. Fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Hey, the stream saying you're not loud on their end. Then hey. Yeah, okay. that's super weird. I don't know. Maybe it's your your interface did some backflippy shit or something at some point. That's weird. Yeah. Either way, as long as you don't deafen yourself, that's good. I'm good. Let's uh, let's set. That's okay. Where am I at now? We're good. Yes. Amazing. There we go. There we go. We're back on track. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Thursday. Thursday, it is February the 29th. It's a leap year. 2000. 24, another technical podcast. Glad you could join us today. Uh, got uh, another uh, another banger. It's been a couple weeks. We were uh, absent for a couple of weeks. The first week, it was Jeff's power didn't want to stay on. And, uh, and then the, uh, did you ever find out what that, what that was related to? Cause it, like, we didn't have any crazy weather or anything at the I time. I think there was, I, bro, I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't tell, I couldn't fucking tell you, but it was a hot mess. <laughs> uh, and then the week after, of course, was Kai's fifth. Yeah. Fifth birthday. Big day. Big day for a big boy. Five years old, making me feel old in the process. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, now we're back. We've got, uh, you know, at least the first week, nothing happened. Last week, there was some stuff. So I, I cherry picked, uh, you know, only the important stuff from last week, uh, or from the week that we missed before. And then of course, leading up to this podcast, uh, on, on Mr. Black's end, it looks like there's a lot, but that's most of this is the quick news section where I literally just read off a line just to keep, get people caught up. Uh, but, uh, before we get started, of course, the most important question of the week, Mr. Black, how's your week? Uh, busy. Busy guy this Very week. Uh, two whole days without being on RP. You must be literally dying inside. Not really. Uh, <laughs> Not really. But, yeah. Uh, getting uh, getting Not away to do some housekeeping, so to speak. Yeah, I did a bunch of shit. I had to get a new washer and dryer. Um, so I did that yesterday. And uh, is that for you or for a, a unit? Oh, for here. Yeah. For okay. Here, for here. I have no idea what the fuck I installed. Anyway, um, but yeah, no, I, um, I, uh, yeah, I did that yesterday. Uh, oh, fuck, man. It's just a bunch of shit, dude. I, 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 it's, it's that time of year. Night. It's that time of the year. I'm getting all my tax stuff ready because I got to see my accountant on Monday. I, um, cleaned up all down here. It's all usually pretty clean, but dude, I've been, I've been streaming so much that like over the last, over two months 
I quite literally just neglected every part of my life. And <laughs> the last 48 hours have just been me playing catch up. Yep. Um, so it's been a productive 48 hours. But um, yeah, I st it's not even like I get to really enjoy a break. It's just like, it's just a different type of work, a different type of catching up, a lot of real estate stuff, some other things going on. But I mean, you know, I'm not bitching. I mean, it's good to be busy. Good. Oh, absolutely. Have, it's, yeah, it's a good, good it's a good busy. Do, but I've been busy. And then next week I'm flying out to Miami. Um, and I'll be out there for only a few days. I'm going with Mr. Miyagi. It's his big birthday. So we're going to go Ooh. out to Miami and live it up. Welcome to Miami. <laughs> if you don't play that song at least one time oh, while you're there. Guaranteed. That's guaranteed. <laughs> I'm sure I'll hear it. There's probably, yeah, I'll come, probably be like, come off the plane and just turn on your phone and have everyone else listen to it. Be that asshole in public where you're not actually listening to it on your headphones. And just turn <laughs> that shit on. <laughs> well, that sounds good. It sounds good. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I... I, uh, I get to wait a little longer than you to start my, uh, my taxes. And I will absolutely be procrastinating that uh, for as long as humanly possible. I don't even want to look at it. I'm crying. I, I am in 100% like head in the sand on taxes for this for this year just just get through survive uh so i will uh, i will look at it later for now i you get would, to uh you would look at you would look at what i have to do during tax oh, year I, and you I would no. literally go you would literally go no 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 that's actually I'm good. like it's actually fucking insane it's actually well, especially insane. with some of the stuff you've added to the to, yeah, to your list so, here in the last few years there's so much shit that like <laughs> I, I you know that's why i get so that's why i start so early I mean, well you gotta you to. gotta yeah I to. if i if i leave all this last minute i'm you're fucked no i'm <laughs> fucked i'm fucked so anyway, yeah, sorry to cut you off. No, no, yeah. no, no. So I, I don't have that. Uh, I've just been uh, the last couple of days. I've been over at Dad's helping him do the Reno work in the kitchen. Uh, he's he was at a point where he there was uh, some stuff being done that that uh, needed a second pair of hands, and so I just took a couple of days off and went and, and spent the whole day. Got there, took him to work, and then went to Dad's and just did a full day uh, there for a couple of days, and then just chilled in the evening. Um, and, uh, and then otherwise just, that's pretty much it. I've been playing Last Epoch on stream. Uh, I don't get to do that anymore because as of today, as we'll be discussing to some small degree later on, and by discussing, I mean, I'll mention it again. Um, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth launches today. And so I get to, um, let's just say experience that. <laughs> ne there you go. Next, exper experience that. Uh, but last epoch was good. The launch was rough. Um, they had, it was one of those. It was one of those times where apparently they had, um, you know, the old the old meme where everyone just says, "Why don't you just buy more servers?" You know, everyone is trying to get online. And like, it, obviously, buying servers isn't something that just fixes problems all the time. But in this instance, they actually had a lot of server capacity. The problem was some other software-related thing uh, or service-related thing between them and the servers that only showed up after 200,000 people were trying to access the game at the same time. Uh, but as, uh, So, like, I'd say the first day or two were really rough. I still got in and played. It was, it was wonky. Like, it took a while to log in or there was, like, some downtimes, but I still got in and played a lot. 
And then in the last couple of days that I played it, it's been basically fine. I haven't had any issues just playing it nonstop, no no issues at all, and it's been really fun. So I can uh, I can recommend that if you're into ARPGs for sure. And that's been about uh, it's been about it. Just waiting to see what kind of the road bullshit I'm gonna have to put up with tonight because our temperature here is going from plus nine this morning and hurricane force winds to minus eleven and hurricane force winds. <laughs> So I'm just going to assume yeah. now. I couldn't even go to the gym today. I woke up. The, the gym was out of power. Everything was yep. fucked. I'm like, all right, I'm going back to sleep, man. I'm yep. going right back to sleep. Fuck that this. was that was like when I was driving him into work. The lights were out everywhere in terms of like the 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 like intersection lights and shit. Like so, everyone was like a four way stop. And ain't nobody know how to do a fucking four way stop. I don't know why it's so difficult for people. I, like people seem well, to remember like they don't pay attention that's the problem <laughs> yeah, they don't true. even know who got to the intersection first <laughs> yeah. they have no idea they just <laughs> it's like russian roulette you just go and hope nobody else goes and that's just that that's exactly what it's like I, I, like or i or and then for some people i feel like they remember the rules where it's like you know first come first serve is like the step one and if people seem to have forgotten, you know, who got there, then it's supposed to be the person to your left goes, you know, goes, and then the cycle begins. People seem to forget that second half of the fucking rule set and just go with whoever gets there first. And when they don't yeah. know who got there first, like you said, it's just come, it's complete gamble. And oh my god, the intersection on Joe Howe where uh, Dutch Village Road branches off, like that one there, um, the lights were out there. And, uh, I, <laughs> there was like, we were there on the border of about four accidents and like in like 15 seconds in that intersection from four way stopping because people were completely fucked. Like I was, I was five cars back and I was still able to keep track of who the fuck was getting there first. And people were just darting out and getting around. There were people like honking horns like crazy S, you know, S steering around people. One dude, one dude, when I, I was the next car in line and I was waiting and uh and a guy to my left went when he shouldn't have uh, and the guy coming up from the from the dutch village side met him and he it was actually his turn and the guy uh, the guy that went too early finally slams his brakes on the guy's going around him dude he the guy slows down the guy that was in the right slows down it's like a crawl and just slowly creeps out in front of the dude while laying on his horn and he just does he just does this <laughs> <laughs> perfect i laughed my ass off. i was like that shit's kind of fucking hilarious but anyway uh yeah so uh yeah today is gonna be wild i don't know what the roads are gonna be a skating rink uh tonight so i'm gonna have to be driving four kilometer an hour between here and the hospital to pick up M later but otherwise that was it very exciting week indeed uh and uh and just typical canadian winter stuff uh, let's get started, Mr. Black, because we've got, you know, a reasonable amount, and we're on a timeline today, and so let's, uh, let's get cracking here with some news. We had a lot, uh, happen, as I said, near the last, uh, week and a half or so. Uh, you'll remember, uh, that in the last podcast, you and I discussed there was, uh, a lot of that hubbub around, uh, possible games from Xbox being sent over to PlayStation and Nintendo. We talked about the rumored ones of, you know, which might actually end up on those consoles, uh, and then Xbox finally announced, or Phil announced, that they were doing some sort of podcasty thing uh, that was going to go over all of the various, you know, things that people were discussing online because clearly they were trying to put out some fires. So that happened. They did that. It was a pre-recorded podcasty sit-down thing on their Xbox channel. 
uh, in which they went over pretty much everything that uh, the internet had been uh, setting uh, a fire to for the uh, the week previous. And so we got a couple of the answers here. I'll just go over like the the core of it. Uh, and then uh, you guys will have an idea if you haven't already uh, heard tell of it. So basically, what happened in this podcast, they had Phil, uh, and then they had Matt Booty, and then they had the new head of um, the new head of the actual Xbox console division. I think it's Sarah Bond. It was the the uh, who's in there now. She, that's just a new that's just a new position. Uh, I think that was who it is. I might be conflating her with somebody else. Uh, forgive me if that's the case. Either way, those three are there. So all the heads of Xbox. So you had the head head and Phil. You had the head of the Xbox division in terms of the console itself in in Sarah, and then Matt Booty, who's head of first party games at Xbox Studios. Uh, and then they answered a whole bunch of questions that were related to the stuff people were wondering about. And uh, I, I will say this, it was, as you can imagine, for a pre-recorded thing. It wasn't bad, but it was still very corporate-speak kind of a situation. Relatively relaxed, for sure. But it sounded... it, it Half of it sounded like they were talking to... And this is probably what it really was. Half of it sounded like they were talking to the players. And the other half was like, we're talking to shareholders. <laughs> kind of kind of a situation a little double whammy uh in there so the main points they uh that uh, we can touch on for now they and they tackle this pretty much right out of the gate uh they asked phil you know hey everyone's been talking about these possible uh moves with uh first party games going to sony and or nintendo uh you know can you talk to us a bit more about that is it true which games are going you know is it going to be and then Phil kind of uh, kind of dove into that. He said, out of the gate, it's not Starfield. So he shut that one down immediately. Uh, but the way that he worded it, it sounds like it's not Starfield right now. Yeah, uh, it, it wasn't like a... Eventually, but it isn't day one. So not day one. It's coming. Uh, I think it's, uh, and I think, the, you know, this goes hand in hand with a little bit of what, you know, they went on to talk about strategy-wise, but they, uh, it's not Starfield or anything like that. He said it's essentially four games at the time. We know which four games they are now, but during that, uh, during that podcast, they didn't have the actual games that they were going to mention because he said they, he wanted to let the studios do the announcements for, you know, for these games. So there was four of them. The four games that they ended up being were and some of these were the rumored ones so this ended up being uh pretty accurate uh so the four games were hi-fi rush grounded pentiment and sea of thieves uh some of those are going to uh, like a nintendo some of those are going to uh sony and uh the release dates and all that stuff uh you know are obviously i think i think most of them are available now but either way those are the games uh, and then he went on to talk about what the strategy was for Xbox in regards to these multi-platform situations. Uh, and uh, essentially, is anything that, he said, anything that's not really like a, the way that I would interpret it, a console seller or like a platform maker. So the really big stuff, that's stuff that is not being tabled for this kind of strategy right now. The stuff that they're tabling for this are smaller develop, uh, developer games that aren't necessarily in that category that would benefit, like the studio itself would benefit from being able to sell their game on more platforms. And then live service and multiplayer situations where the games obviously benefit from a, a broader user base than they can get just being locked up on Xbox and or PC. That's kind of the strategy, which if you look at the list of games here, that's exactly what those four games kind of encompass right so uh however i will say personally i do think and i'm sure you would agree 
that uh, although you didn't hear him when he when he the way that he was framing about it not being Starfield, it still feels like to me that they're they're leaving that as an option, but that's probably going to be on a a more game by game basis, uh, and probably after quite a bit of time has passed before they put those games out on other platforms. Uh, it, it it might not be a year. It could be like a two year window or some shit. It's I highly doubt it's going to be like six months and then it's showing up on PlayStation. Like that's not going to happen. Uh, I don't think. But some sort of time delay because again, games getting fucking expensive, and we're going to talk about that a bit later in the show too. Games just fucking expensive to make, especially some of these big ones. And so you know, milk it for all it's worth, and then get some more money by putting it elsewhere is a I think a reasonable strategy that you're going to see Sony do the same thing. Uh, as well, and in fact, that is something we'll talk about to a degree here, too. I uh, they did also reiterate, because like I mentioned, they were going, they had the heads of each, so they reiterated that consoles, in terms of, of actual hardware, still maintaining as part of their strategy moving forward. So we were discussing, is this the last Xbox gen? Now we're both, now we're both standing and waddling around like fucking assholes. People are gonna be like, HOLY SHIT! There's there's just moving around. This is that you're we're old. Okay, I'm we're old. old. We gotta stand up and move. My knees aren't the same, guys. <laughs> they just aren't the same, man. I already need a more knee surgery on on the different knee now. Oh my, my god. Gone. It's gone. My knee is gone. So yeah. There's gonna be some movement. Hey, it is. That's why I got the desk. It is what it is. So uh yeah, so they're they're still going forward with hardware sales. So we we had discussed whether or not we thought maybe this might be the last Xbox Gen, or maybe the one after next might be the last one. But for the foreseeable future, they still plan on doing hardware uh, moving forward, and not just, for example, relying entirely on Game Pass just being fucking everywhere to to prop up the whole business. In fact, they were they were they they were confident enough in that as being part of their strategy that they said at the end of the show in kind of a cheesy way, but. Uh, and you come when you say something like this, especially with how the internet works, that's a bold fucking statement. But they said that the next gen Xbox that will be released will be the largest technological leap in their history. Which is a lofty fucking claim because as as time goes on, it's harder and harder to have like what does that mean, a technological leap? They can't, the, the thing is, is that when you say that, it, everyone thinks visually, immediately. But when they, they're not saying the biggest visual fucking leap in, in his, they're just saying the biggest technological leap. So it could mean a whole bunch of shit uh, that they lump into that, because obviously, technologically speaking, in four years from now, the games aren't going to be like, the, like this, the, the leap that we got going from the fucking like N64 era to the to the PS2 Xbox era. That ain't the leap that we're getting here or we're not going to go from 2D to 3D again. Like that that we've already crossed that barrier. And so uh what does that mean? Who fucking knows, but they were crazy enough to say it and of course now that's going to be a sound bite that they're going to be fucking nailed on for uh for the next few years, I'm sure. Uh and then lastly, um I would say one of the things that, that stood out was that Phil mentioned, and this was like partly on a podcast, and then Phil did a bunch of interviews outside of this podcast where he almost, I wouldn't say he contradicted himself, but he elaborated more that he, in ways that he probably should have on the actual fucking podcast uh, in the interviews that he gave after. However, that being said, he mentioned that, you know, the industry is, you know, the stuff that people are picking on Xbox for right now, he said the whole industry is experiencing this, everyone. 
And the implication here is they're just moving on it first. And you're going to see everyone else essentially do the same thing. It's just that they're choosing to go out and do it now. Uh, mostly, I would assume, because they can afford to, and they might as well just do it now. Because, you know, but the idea is that it's too expensive. And not only that, but he said something really on the nose that would end up this week being proven almost instantaneously. And he said some of the problem, other than, of course, the, the major costs, or it goes hand-in-hand hand with the major costs of games is that a lot of major studios and stuff are now focusing on just continuing to milk the same cow over and over again because it's proven, and that's not going to work forever, and it's going to stifle the rest of the industry. And not even a week after he said that, Sony, right after they announced 900 people getting laid off across every one of their major studios, so we're talking the ones that make The Last of Us. We're talking about the ones that, that make uh, the Horizon Zero Dawn franchise we're talking about the 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 ones that just made the incredibly successful spider-man 2 everyone getting laid uh, laid off they closed the entire london office down whole office got shut down uh i think 900 people if i'm not mistaken represents something about 11 percent of their current uh their current uh, workforce and as they did that they also announced uh or talked about the idea that they were going to be focusing more on proven ip uh, and a number of games that were actually being worked on, got, they announced that they're now cancelled. So there's a bunch of cancellations of games and everything else. So all this happened at the same time. And I have later in the podcast, I said, Well, it's the, thank God they've got fucking Final Fantasy VII Rebirth launching this week to soften the blow of this, all this fucking shit news. So they can, they can have somebody, or they can have everyone forget about the fact that this happened four days after. But it was really on the nose, so they're basically they're basically doing exactly what Phil was talking about. And Sony is going to be making the moves that Xbox has been making, talking about multi-platform use, etc., etc. It's all it's, everyone's going to be doing the same shit. It's just the way that it fucking is. But that was like the big block of news in the last couple of weeks. With that, um, so when we talked about it last, Mr. Black, we were talking about uh, you know our predictions. It seems that it uh, that you know Xbox is going to be around as far as hardware is concerned for longer. Um, let me just do this last piece of news and I'll ask you a different question. I was about to ask you a question, but there's one more piece here that, that stands out to me, uh, or that's, that is t tied to this. EA also announced 5% layoff, uh, this week, <clears throat> which is about 670 people along with, uh, announcing the cancellation of a Star Wars first person shooter that was being handled by Respawn, which is one of their major studios. Um, so we're, we're continuing to see a whole bunch of layoffs, obviously, and I, and this is a very clearly not the last of it either. We're going to get more, even more layoffs coming. And we know, we know to some degree that a lot of this was, was, uh, over hiring during a time where money was a lot more free flowing. And so developers and publishers were, uh, were just, you know, hoarding developers to try and, and push projects through because money was basically growing on trees uh for quite a period of time and this was happening even before the pandemic uh in influx of money uh this was like 2015 16 yeah. 17 18 nearly I mean, 10 rate, years rates were still pretty low even before covid right that's so what I, no that's made, what i mean no yeah. that's what i mean like this is before like some people go oh this is like all from like this three-year period but like you know like they've been if you look back and some developers have talked about it they were like or, uh, some yeah. guys in the industry talking about look this has been happening since like 2015 where they've been hiring like crazy 
for projects. Um, and, uh, and, and now they're in this situation where they're, where they're trying to, uh, basically they're trying to keep the, the growth numbers up by just cutting people out of the picture because it's the easiest way to do it, uh, at the moment. It's where most of the money is spent in gaming. It's made by people. There's not a lot of, like, the extra, the other costs is not, they don't, it doesn't add up to a bunch of human capital. Uh, and so that's what you're, you're seeing here is them trying to maintain growth. It's just the interesting part is that most, a lot of these, uh, a lot of these developers for Sony all posted positive growth year on year, um, between last year and this year and are still getting hit with layoffs. So a lot of people are looking at it and going, holy fuck, you're telling me that what they're telling, you're telling me. Industry does bad, everyone gets laid off. Industry does good, everyone gets laid off. It's just like, it's just like they, it doesn't seem to matter what, what it is. And so a lot of people in the industry are looking at the industry now. They already were to a degree, but it seems even more so now that uh, if you're going to work in the games industry, you basically have to have an exit plan on tap at all times. Uh, you're going to get laid off, almost certainly. And so now everyone's looking at it as in, in, that, in that kind of way because... Um, Here's my take on it, and then this is what I was going to ask you. So I think that this is happening because it's similar to the tech industry, I think, games industry, where when money is free, tech, go, tech more than almost any other industry goes fucking batshit crazy. Like, the, the, it's, the, it's every, every like, 20-year-old Y Combinator graduate uh, with a fucking idea that's going out and, and pitching, you know, uh, rounds of investment. Please invest in my, in my new penis mold company. I got the idea from a YouTuber, don't ask me who, but it's a great idea, it's gonna make us billions of dollars. Uh, and because money's so good, <laughs> there's investors somewhere, they're like, yeah, dick molds, let's get behind that, that sounds like a great idea, 100%, here's 50 million dollars in round A funding, go have fun, and then they go fuck off and do their thing. Uh, and so, like, really, it, it is an exacerbated version of, like, obviously, all industry money like that, lending is is cheaper, everything kind of goes up, but it seems to be concentrated in, in tech, and gaming's part of that. And so, uh, I think part of the problem, to a degree, is that even though, in some instances, I think that that developers and publishers can avoid this if they are successful enough already. Like, they can weather, they can weather not growing as fast as others. Lots of people will look at it and say, okay, the rest of the industry is hiring right now. They're all doing major projects because the money is where it is, is available. If we don't do that, and we're not growing uh, with them, even if we know on the other side we're going to have to claw this back, we're going to fall behind because we're not taking advantage of the situation that everyone else is taking advantage of. And like I said, some companies can, can choose to do that. They don't have to. Uh, but there's not, that many of those, <laughs> there's not that many of those companies. And so uh, it's, all, it's a catch-22 where you're, you're somewhere between, uh, uh, between having to and, and not, depending on the company that you are. And I think that we're seeing a lot of that now. I'm sure you agree with that, but do you have any other do you have any other thoughts as to as to why for gaming specifically, even though the industry is making more money than it ever has, and we see that on paper right now before layoffs, do you have any thoughts as to why you think these layoffs are continuing to happen? Uh, because it seems like they're going to continue to happen even more. We, we are, it doesn't seem like we're done yet, and we've already cut, and some some places are cut like twenty percent or more of their entire workforce. I mean, yeah, I mean, the word is called capitalism, 
I mean, there, there's, I mean, just because a company is is making more profits year year over year, doesn't necessarily mean that they need to keep all of their employees or contractors or um, anything like that. You know, everything happens in cycles. So when money's cheap, when it's when you can borrow for less than inflation, the tech companies are going to. They're, that's when they're going to go all in, right? That's when they're, they're going to put all their chips on the table and they're going to say, okay, borrow, right? If we've got $10 billion to spend, you know, we can borrow on the backs of, you know, 10 times that. And then we can go into hyperdrive, higher, 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 be competitive, like you said, against everybody else. Because if we don't, we're getting left behind. And it'd be the same thing, right? So if they didn't hire all those people, and they didn't be competitive, then they're yelled at by the fanboys and the fangirls out there and shareholders, all like... Why are they all cranking out games and you're not? Exactly. What the fuck is your problem? Didn't you just have profits last year? Why aren't you doing what X, Y, and Z is doing? Right? You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. And so a lot of the times they'll, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll take a lot of debt, they'll make a lot of shit happen, and when they make a lot of shit happen, that's when they get record high profits if they've done it right. And then when they get record high profits, it makes the shareholders happy. And then when you go, okay, well, um, now we got to mitigate some of this debt now that the interest has gone gone up by like five or six points over the last two years. Um, now they got to go to the shareholders. They got to say, okay, listen, we had... We had record profits, but now what we're going to do is we're going to lay off a fuck ton of people to make sure that we continue that momentum so that we can continue. Because if they don't, then the projections for the next calendar year are not going to be on a steady climb, right? So they fire a bunch. They keep it going. When interest rates come down, which they're going to this year, they're going to probably at the end of quarter one, we're going to start to see like... 0.25 basis points come down, something along those lines, probably both in the States and in Canada, and it will slowly tinker and there'll, there'll be some, there'll be some holding periods. It will not come down as fast as it went up. There's no way in fuck, but even if it comes down by three quarters of a basis point in 2024, or even half a basis point, I mean, half a point is massive, massive amounts of interest. Like you, you, well, you're especially saving, at the scale at the scale that they're the borrowing in. I mean, yeah. I mean, you look even at your house. You know, you take a look at a house. You half a basis point, point five. That is that is like hundreds of dollars a month yeah. in savings, right? You talk about billions. I mean, now you're talking hundreds of millions of dollars. And you, you know, when that comes down, that's when they'll hire again. That's when they'll do another big boom. And then the, the, the profits will continue to grow. They'll be, you know, everybody will be FOMOing. Hey, we got to hire, hire, hire. Come on. We got to get these games out. We got to do this stuff. This is why they're cutting back. This is why they're canceling a bunch of shit. They're laying off a bunch of people. And this is just called cycles. This happens in every industry and it happens more severely in tech because of it is tech. Not only that, we're also entering into a new world of AI on top of that. So now we got to find out 
you know, how many more jobs will inevitably, you know, go once they figure out what's going on and how they can, um, they can use AI in the most profitable way, uh, possible. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, we've already talked about this several times on the podcast. None of this surprises me. You're going to hear more layoffs and there will probably be another round of layoffs before the end of the year, another one. And it will keep going and keep going until um, they basically trimmed the majority of the fat. They've leaned right out. Then they go, okay, we've cleared up some of this debt. We're, we're, you know, we're aggressively paying back debt or whatever, or at least not adding more onto it um, or as minimal as possible. And then when the rates come down, then, you know, profits will, will go up some more and more people will get hired. And it, it is what it is. I mean, this yeah. is just the market. If you're Especially, in, if, if you're in, like you said, if you're in the gaming industry and you're a developer, you know, or you're an artist or you're whatever, you know, you got to, and I've said this, I got yelled at in the comment sections and the chats and all this other fucking shit over God knows how long, because I literally tell people how corporate America works and how capitalism works and people don't like to hear it, but this is just how business is operated. And this is going to continue to happen. So if you're in this industry and you are working in this industry, just like what Adam said, you want to have some contingencies put in place. You need to understand that you can be dropped like that if you are not a, a very um, uh, specialized individual or well-connected within the, 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 the corporate sphere that you're in, you are going to get laid off you are going to get laid off that it, it's not, it's not about, it's not about, are you going to, it's when are you going to be laid off and what are you going to do between now and then? And you also know that a lot of these companies, they don't give a fuck about you. They will, they will run you into the ground. They will, they will, uh, want you to work 15 hour days. They will put you through hell. They will not pay you the way that you should be paid. Or, or the majority of people, I'm sure there are some people that get paid very well for what they do, but for the majority of people, you're going to get used and abused. And you just got to know that going into it and set yourself up so that you aren't devastated when you lose your job at EA because it's inevitable. You need a backup plan. Yeah, it's, like, it it's like being a streamer. What are you, you going to do? What are you going to do? Twitch changed their policy. You're fucked. Your game's no longer popular. You're fucked. What are you going to do if you're an actor? You go do a movie. It doesn't do well in the box office. Your name's tarnished. You do something wrong on social media. You're fucking canceled. I mean, th this is this is the arts world. Right? I know we're in tech, but let's be real here. Well, it's tech and art well, kind of in the same space. tech and space. art sort of the same. It, yeah. it's, it, it co mingles. You know what I mean? We're in a tech industry, but yeah, yeah. we're artists. You know, we're entertainers. This is, this is the, but that's also what happens when you're following a passion and a dream. You had a dream. You want to make video games when you grow up because you love video games. You want to, you do that. Well, the cold hard truth is they're ran by a bunch of corporate people that have one thing and one thing only profits. That's all they want. Profits. That's it. They don't want to be your friend. They don't care about you. They don't care about your family. Some might say they do, and some companies do. And you know which ones they are because they stand out amongst the crowd. But they typically aren't the ones 
that are uh, releasing games that are selling 10, 20 million copies in a few weeks. They typically aren't those. Those are the big conglomerates, the big corporations that got a chokehold on the industry. I mean, it's just the way it is. It sucks. I feel for people. I do. But it just sucks. It is what it is. If somebody, if Twitch today decides to fold, close up shop, because they can. Let's be yeah. real. They can. And for them, they're not, they're not profitable. They're just, they haven't been. They're struggling. It is what it is. Dude, we could wake up in a, in a world where Twitch goes, I'm out. I'm out. Then what do we do? Do we get mad at Twitch? Or, do, I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of people Probably would. a little bit, yeah. Probably. <laughs> but, but at the same time, but at the same time, I know that this is a possibility. Yeah, of course. It's an, it's an unlikely one. Yeah. But I know it's a possibility. So what am I going to do to put myself into a position that if doomsday happens, I'm okay. All these other people in the tech industry, arts, whatever, they all need to think the same. And I know that's really tough to do when you're in the thick of it and you're already run down and you're already doing more than what you feel capable of and things like that. It's not easy. It's just, it's not easy, but it's the way the industry is it sucks. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fucking brutal. It's, uh, it's, it, it is, it is an unfortunate knock on effect of, of, of games having been taken to the level of like, uh, of corporate attraction that they have been because the reality is for games is that they are, they make the games industry makes more money than all other entertainment industries combined. And that attracts, that attracts the big wig, uh, corporate, uh, attention. And the people that end up largely running most of these places are not from the games industry. They're being brought in from outside of it. And like Mr. Black said, they don't really give a fuck about games. They give a fuck about the bottom line and they do whatever the fuck they want. I mean, a lot of these instances, when you start laying off that many people, they're hiring like outside sources to then just like decide who's getting laid off. They just give them like broad strokes of like what departments to just yeah. you know, start axing. And it's just you're a number. You're just a, you're, you're a fucking number. Like, and there's, 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 you know, um, uh, uh, a lot of people getting laid off in the, in these rounds, for example, in certain disciplines are people that have been at a company for uh, 10 11 13 whatever years and so some of the downside to this too unfortunately with how uh if you're wondering how games continue to be so shit despite despite a 500 million dollar budget some of it is when they do lay people off they're laying off some of their most talented people because they're expensive yes they cost too much and so they can literally replace two people for one which could do more output but the quality might not be there yeah, and, the and love that's, might not be there. that's what you're yeah. seeing is you're seeing yes. games that are basically being put together by people that are talented, but it's not the same as like, for example, the, I think it was the CEO of FromSoft, you know, the, which is, you know, Elden Ring, uh, Dark Souls and whatnot, uh, and who, who said he's saying the reality is the, the secret to making good video games. Cause they're like, how the fuck, how the fuck do you keep cranking out bangers? FromSoft hasn't had a miss in like 20 years now, basically. So like, how the fuck do you keep cranking out bangers? And his answer was, stop firing people. <laughs> he said, the longer you hold on to people, the institutional knowledge, kind of the idea is the institutional knowledge stays. You have all this experience. Their speed comes with experience, but quality also comes with experience. 
and you get to a point where every, it's a well-oiled machine and everyone's on the same page and you get stuff like Elden Ring, which coincidentally later you know, is a, a point here, but I'll mention it now, has the DLC coming. Shadow of the Erd Tree, they showed the, sh they, uh, showed the trailer off this week. It looks fucking insane. It looks huge. They've added, like, new combat styles and a whole bunch of other shit to this game. Looks like it's bigger than most AAA fucking game releases as a DLC. And they're charging 40 bucks for it. You know what? It's gonna be worth 40 US dollars because this game's probably gonna be fucking killer. It's gonna be absolutely insane. It probably will be, like, another 30 to 50 hours of, yep. game, of gameplay. And they can do that. Elden Ring didn't come out that long ago. No. And they're going like, to release another, like... Ago. If that. Not even. Yeah. Well, like, what was it? What, I, I need to... Two I need years. to fucking... Yeah, little, it's like... Years. It's probably, like, February... February or March of 2022? Or, yeah, February of February of 2022, so it's been two years almost to the day. There you go. Don't ask me how I know that, but I knew that. That's... that's uh, Yeah, how the fuck did you manage to recall... <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. It works. Because because Adam, I buy like one video game every fucking few uh, and, and years, that was, and, and that was that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, so February, so two years, and they're cranking out this massive chunk of content for an already massive game, and it's probably going to get like bordering on perfect fucking review scores when it comes out. But he said that's it, and you'll see that same thing. I bet you, I bet you, you don't see, I bet you, you don't see Rockstar laying off twenty-year-long employees. No, I bet you, I don't. You don't see that shit at all. You know, but you know who is laying off some of their longstanding employees? Blizzard. Well, of course, yeah, but there's a difference, <laughs> though, right? The difference is is Rockstar comes out with a game, you know, twice a decade. Well, so did Blizzard for and, a long time, though. Remember, like they well, they they're not anymore, right? They bought up. They bought up a fuck ton of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> they bought it or they got bought up by fucking Activision, right? There's a lot more on the table. So they running themselves thin. If you've got a small if listen, if you're a rock star and you're just winning, you're just the fuck you're just the fucking man. You don't need to fire anybody because you've got the formula. Why would you fuck with any of the formula? You print billions. You are everybody wishes they were you. Everybody. Everybody. It's like having the hottest movie franchise the world has ever seen. And every time you come out with one, it's billions. It's billions. It's like uh it's like it's like coming out with Avatar, except that like universally, everybody loves it. It's not memed on, it's not anything, it's just universally, everybody loves it, and you print money, and you don't need to you don't need to hire a a a army of people to then fire them a year from now. You literally have what you have. And I'm sure they do their firing. I'm sure they do their hiring. Well, everyone, but it ain't everyone, on this yeah. everyone does. But it ain't on this level because they don't they're not in that position. Dude, they're not playing they're playing a different set of games, man. They're a, they're playing a whole different they're in a different league. Like they they just are. It's like Nintendo. They're in a different league. They just do their own thing while everybody else is in the fucking fishbowl and, and a bunch of the fish. What are those like? Uh, what are those fish that when they see another fish, they just fucking fight to the death? Oh, aren't they I literally called? The them, aren't right? they literally called fighting fish? Fighting fish, Siamese fighting Siamese fish. Fighting fish? Yeah. It's <laughs> like the it's like a whole bunch of Siamese fighting fish getting put into a tank and seeing who dies and, and who survives. Meanwhile, you've got Rockstar on the outside, Nintendo on the outside, just 
watching them as entertainment. Like, look at these <laughs> stupid fucking fish killing each other. These guys are little betas. We're the alphas. We don't need to lower our standards. We don't need to go into this, this cockfight. We're the ones putting the cockfight together. We've already got it figured out. Everybody else, man, they fighting. And it is. I guess the is. question is how do you is how do you get there? You get there by making good games. And you get you don't tend to get good games by by continuously playing the corporate higher fire cycle, which is what we're seeing basically everywhere else in AAA gaming. I mean, look at look at, for example, Skull and Bones. Finally came out. Eleven years of development time from Ubisoft. Yeah. Eleven fucking years. The game's yeah. dog shit. It's actual dog shit. 11 it's years Ubisoft, of development time. Bro. But, but you have to keep in mind, Ubisoft is like the second or third largest publisher in the world. Of course. <laughs> so they're playing no, the, they're they're playing playing the, the corporate game. They're playing the corporate game. And, and, and it's that, that when people say AAA games are unsustainable, that's what I think of. AAA games are unsustainable if, you play, if you're playing the corporate, the, the corporate version of, of video game development. Because you might, because what is the corporate video game world built on? The backs of franchises that came before the corporate video game paradigm. Yeah, but they Call can't of, stop, Adam. That's Call the problem. Dude. They can't. At this point, they, they, they've made their bed, and now yeah. they have to lay in it. Because well, they now have, standards are set. But not everyone else has. And so we're seeing, like, we're going to see, and we are seeing, like, like FromSoft, for example. And Nintendo does it from the outside. Nintendo has many studios. They hold on to games and shit. They just sit on, they just sit on fucking games and they do whatever. And yeah, like, we can say it's because it's Nintendo they've done that, but that's because they've had a... They didn't just start doing that four years ago. They've been doing that this whole Rip. time. They're the, they're the company that had a CEO that when they did have a downfall for a while and money wasn't coming in, the CEO took the pay cut and said, I'll, I'll give yep. myself money when we're back on our feet. That's a different game. Yep. They, it's doable. It's there, but it ain't corporate America. Corporate America is a broken pile of dog shit that can crank out money for a short period of time for a small amount of people. And then it's like watching Rome fall on a cyclical six month fucking basis over and over again. We're watching Activision actively find a way to slowly burn Call of Duty to the dirt where they've made a bunch of money. You look back, you're like, oh my God, look at how much money they made. But they're going to fucking kill it if they don't start fucking turning the, sh the ship around. We're already watching it happen in real time. So it is unfortunate. It is the reality that it is, and I agree with you. People do have to have, uh, as I as I said as well, you have to have a backup plan if you're in the industry. It's going to happen. People are getting fired like crazy, especially if you're lower on the totem pole. You're going to oh, be yeah. definitely seen as a number. And and as we're seeing, even if you are somebody, you're not safe. You got to basically be ready to fucking go at any time. Luckily, there are still some development houses that are doing so well right now. When the firing happens, they've been announcing on social media, we're hiring. Come on over here. We're booming. Everyone else is falling apart. We're making money. You come on over here. We got we got games pop up. We need we need people. We need people to make it work. So there are some people being sucked up by that, but at the same time, holy fuck, what an absolute mess. That being said, the Switch 2, talking about Nintendo. There were some rumors we had discussed before about is it this year? Is it next year? Uh, as it turns out, that was what was happening. It's on the fence. We, you know, we're still kind of on the fence. Is it this year or next year? But it does seem like there has been a delay to push it into 2025 into something like the window of March of 2025, which would coincide, I believe, with what they did with the Switch originally as well. 
Uh, but the, the, the going idea here is that it's because another game got semi-delayed and we'll be missing the, uh, the window in the winter, uh, possibly, and that's Pokemon Legends, uh, Z-Dash, that's supposed to say Z-A, uh, really killer name there, I don't know if there's more to that and they haven't elaborated on it yet, but either way, Pokemon Legends Z-A. Uh, announced this week for a 2025 window as well. So a lot of people are betting on the fact that they are delaying the console to launch alongside with a new Pokemon game, uh, and possibly one or two others. Because if you remember what they did with the Switch, they banked up a bunch of fucking games. Yep. Like, absolute bank. Breath of the Wild. Mario Kart 8. They had, like, this massive list of, of just absolute bangers that ended up being still, to this day, more or less some of their best-selling games on the platform. It launched it with the console... And you couldn't buy a fucking Switch for less than $700 million for, like, the longest period of fucking time. So, I suspect that's also what they're doing here. Uh, and, uh, but the upshot is, the rumor is, as well, from a spec perspective, because everyone's thinking, what is the Switch 2 going to play like? Because the Switch 1 right now plays like a hamster powered by a potato running on fumes uh, at this point in its life. So it looks like the specs are aiming between a Steam Deck and an Xbox Series S. Which, theoretically, it's all, it's all NVIDIA hardware, it's an APU, NVIDIA APU and whatnot, theoretically should mean, should, I'm saying should, because it's Nintendo and you never know, 1080p60 would be like their floor. Please fucking God. That's all I want from Nintendo is 60 frames per second. I can live with the fact that it's not necessarily 4K or whatever the fuck else. I'm, I'm, I've, I've accepted the fact they're not going to do that. But just give me 60 frames. Like, goddamn, man. I just want 60 frames. So we're going to have to wait and see. I, I believe. believe. I believe. Yeah. So you just got yourself the, uh, uh, the, the Switch the OLED. OLED. Um, yeah. Are you going to hop on? Are you going to wait and see what Switch 2 uh, ends up bringing? Uh, do you think that you'll be, do you think that Kai will, will, uh, will want to take a look at it bro, or anything like that? I've, of course I've, you will. I've got, I've got the fuck, <laughs> bro. Bro, but I've got the OLED, man, and I get everything. Oh, I know, that I, I know, I know, I, could, I know. I got everything I could ever want with my Switch. So that's true. Um, the odds of me buying a Switch two anytime soon? Not out of the gate. It'd be hard to find Not anyway. <laughs> but my son probably will get one for Christmas or something. Of course, you know what I mean, like Santa. I'm, yeah, I mean, look, if the Switch two comes out and it's this amazing piece of hardware that they've they've, they've done things that like, oh my god, I can't believe they did that. Sure, I'll fucking buy it. But yeah, if, yeah. if it's if 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 it's just an upgrade, I mean, the Switch is just one of those things that I can just I don't know I can let myself not give a fuck mm. about the hardware mm -hmm. because the games they make are so good, yeah. That like I don't obsess over how they run. Because no matter really what, outside of a couple of Zelda games, and there yeah, yeah. there are a couple of other games that like you know are bogged down. I get that, but for the stuff that I play, the things that I want to enjoy, play a little bit of Mario, play a little bit of Luigi's, play some yeah, sports. Yeah. But dude, it's everything I need and some. You know, I just let my guard down when it comes to Nintendo, and I just have fun. I don't I don't overanalyze it. I don't really care. If they came out and said, hey, it's still at 30 frames, I don't really care. You know, I know a lot of people will, and I think that they need to make this at 60 as well, and I'm sure they will. Yeah. But if they, if they didn't, I wouldn't really, 
it's not changing my life. The games are still going to be what the games. Oh, no, they're gonna still going to be good games. I mean, that's Nintendo. I mean, they make on good this games. Little tiny fucking thing. Yeah. The thing looks fucking great, dude. The OLED looks so good. Oh it yeah, looks so fucking good. OLED is a big for people who have never played games on an OLED screen in general, whether that's a TV or otherwise. It really is probably the biggest visual difference that I've personally experienced outside of just like a generational leap in like obviously like a generational leap in graphics the visual yeah. the visual increase uh, is just is just crazy because the thing about the, the oled of it it's the it's well the, it's, it's, it's it's vibrant it's like it's crazy color reproduction and whatnot and and blacks are actually black because they're just turning a black, pixel yeah. off um yeah. the uh and then the response times on them are ridiculous so the there's very little ghosting so if you play a game at 60 FPS on like an LCD and then you play 60 FPS on an OLED, the OLED will look like it's running at like almost 90. And it's because it has like no ghosting at all. There's no trailing because the pixel response time is so much fucking faster. Uh, so unless you're on a really specialized monitor for PC gaming or something, oftentimes 60 FPS on an OLED legitimately will fool you into thinking you're playing at a higher fucking frame rate. It's a really weird... When I first played it, it was very... It was almost, like, disorienting. I was like, fuck, uh, fuck. Um, but, yeah, it is it is huge. So, and on a small screen? Oh, my God. I just even even better. I do remember, like, side side note, I do remember when I saw my first OLED. It was in the... It was in the Sony store when the Halifax Shopping Center still had a Sony store. Do you remember that? And I they do. had That's a long time ago. A long time ago. So wow. this was this was early two thousands or some shit. And they had their first. They had their tech on display for their first OLED tech, and it was in a display at the back right of the store. And it was a panel that was maybe. Not much bigger than a switch. I think it was under, like, I think it was like an eight inch or something panel. And it was under this glass or whatever there. And it was, you know, a big spiel about like OLED technology and, and whatnot. And I remember seeing it. And even back then I was, I was like, dude, that's fucking crazy. But that panel cost like $40,000 at the time. Oh yeah. <laughs> at the oh, time. Yeah. Just crazy expensive. But I was like, oh my God, the future. And of course it took nearly fucking 20 years before that technology ever, ever came to market in, in mass. But uh, I do remember that moment seeing it. I was like, holy fuck. Cause it was so much better than what we had. Uh, but yeah, the the Switch OLED is is definitely uh, is definitely fire. My question to you, I guess, for the Switch Two before we move on is: Do you think, or what, or do you think there will be much changes to how it is physically, or do you think they'll basically keep it the same? So some people have been. I'll just give you an example. Some people have been uh, wondering if they will keep the Joy Cons or if they'll go the Steam Deck route and just have it be unibodied. Do you think they'll make any changes to the form factor, or do you think it will just be like a hardware swap, screen swap? And I think, I think it's a hardware screen swap, some, some UI updates. Um, do you think they'll make it a bigger I, screen, or do you think that they'll keep it around the OLED size? Might be a little bit bigger. Because how big is be the... You, how can't big make, is the you can't make the screen too big, because then it becomes a bitch to carry around and, and do things, right? You don't want to be carrying around a tablet like a big fucking huge tablet you want it to be simple i mean at most i could see them just making the screen a tiny bit bigger but at the same time it wouldn't surprise me if it's if it almost looks identical just some new colors 
some, you know, longer battery life for the Joy-Cons, just different, just different things that are just gonna, um, you know, more storage, more, just more of everything, just a hardware refresh. I think that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, I think there's too much money to be, that would be wasted by, by changing the fab process too much. They have to make it look a little different. Because for people looking at, at consoles on a store shelf cons- from a consumer basis, like a parent walking into Walmart, you got to yeah. be careful about making it look too much the same. And you and you and like it's good that they're at least calling this like the Switch Two theoretically, and not doing the Wii U thing again. Because the yeah. amount of parents that got confused walking to Walmart when when Wii U was a product was like through the fucking roof. So, um, and some people were thinking about you know do they try to do a Wii U type thing where they let the screen be a second screen and cast the game on the TV or something along those lines to bring back the functionality of a Wii U without relying on the Wii U controller style. Um, I think that's over the top. I think that's too technologically advanced for Nintendo, and I think it'd be personally stupid because anything you're streaming to the TV is the latency and shit. It's just not worth the fucking for a second screen. It's not, it's not worth it. It's still going to have the console handheld capability. It's going to be the same thing. I just feel like it's going to run better. Yeah, I think so too. I think I, I, really I honestly do. think I honestly think they're going to use the same OLED screen. I think they might make Me the too. OLED screen unless they unless they get a deal with um let's say Samsung or another um high-end LED LCD manufacturer uh that can get close to an OLED but maybe better better battery life or something like maybe they switch it on on that one uh if there's any kind of concerns with that but otherwise I think there's a non-zero chance that they basically take the existing body very small changes I think the screen size will be the same I mean the Switch OLED you have to keep in mind is significantly bigger screen than the standard Switch it, like it significantly it's about 7 yeah. it's about 7 inches uh diagonal uh the Steam Deck is 7.4 which is so it's not a huge difference. Half an inch is on a diagonal is a, a fair amount of screen space. Uh, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's, it is reasonable. But but I think I think the OLED, uh, having seen it at your place, because that was the first OLED that I saw out of a box. I think that's the perfect size. Any more than that, it's kind of like it's, it's too big. Uh, it just gets too big. It's too it's, it's too much. It, I think it where is. is where we're gonna see it. Like yeah. I really truly do. And I think part of their part of their um advertisement will be it will you will be able to play the old switch games on the switch 2 yeah in a higher frame rate in a better experience yeah and that will be part of it you will quite literally be able to take your breath of the wild or breath of the wild 2 whatever other games there is stick it into that bitch and it's gonna run like butter so you think they're gonna stick to the same form factor uh like this as well yeah i i agree i think think they're gonna use the same one it's all gonna be the same Yep. I, I really truly do. Yep. I think that the design is going to be the same. I think that a little bit of different color, um, maybe you know a different finish on it, um, fancy box, and that's the show. I yeah. really do. I really yeah. think you're going to be able to take your current Joy Cons and stick them into that bitch and just play it as is. I think you're going to be able to link up old switches with new switches. I think it's just it's it's all just going to be more of the same, just better. Yeah. And, I think and it would it's be Nintendo. People will buy it. People, well, people yeah, just buy it, just to buy it. Uh, so much of the selling point of it was, especially for kids, because it's not for us with big-ass hands, but was the Joy-Con thing, you get the one console, and if you're on the go with kids or whatever else, you've yeah. got two controllers attached to the fucking console right off the rip, and for most, and for a lot of the smaller games the kids are playing, 
that's a more than enough controller for what they're doing, you're done. You're off to the fucking races. You don't need to be hauling around pro controllers or other no. fucking massive devices and stuff. And so when people talked about getting rid of that, I thought there's just no fucking shot. They've got to keep the Joy-Cons. I can't imagine. I think they'll improve it. If they're smart, they'll mention that they have they have nearly eliminated the stick drift because that was a real a real black spot for them was the stick drift issues that they had. Uh, keep the OLED screen, make the body look a little different, I agree, and then just fucking ship that bitch. Done. Because Nintendo's all about saving money on the console side, right? That's it, bro. Dude, Nintendo's just smart, bro. They're just smart. Yeah, they're a little weaselly, and they they do this fucking shit that Nintendo does, but we know what they do, and we sign up for it. They don't... They're not (laughs) trying to... uh, the thing that the thing that Nintendo rarely does, and I know they do it, but they don't really they don't really innovate all that much. They just they're basic. They are they do innovate, but it's not like everything they do is like this, whoa, we're gonna change the game. It's like, no, we know our lane. We're just gonna add a little bit more. They're basically like Apple, except <laughs> not as egregious. You know? Yeah. It's like you know what you're getting. If you like them, you love them. And if you hate them, you you, you hate them. It is it is what it is. They are like they're they're the apple of the gaming industry, except just not as they're more family friendly than Apple, basically. Exactly. <laughs> it's, but that's what they do. You know, their big innovation is something you go, really? That's your innovation? You should have had that a while ago. Why didn't you have that? <laughs> And they go, well, we didn't have it because we didn't want to put it in there. And we know we're going to release basically the same shit that we released before. So we're just going to add in a little bit. We're just going to add another little thing on there. That's it. And everyone's going to go, yeah, I want it. It's going to be 2025 and their online is still going to be dog water. Of course. (laughs) But you know what? I'm happy that it is. I have had a Switch for years. I bought one when it first came out. I just got another OLED. And... We use the Nintendo Switch every day. Every day. My son's on that. He's probably playing it right now. My wife plays it. I play it. Everybody plays. We have two of them in the house. And I can honestly say, we have never not once gone on Nintendo online. I remember when I bought uh, Super Smash Bros. And I, um, and, I, and I played online. It was one of the worst online experiences oh, I've oh, ever had. So not bad. only was it horrible to get into a game, but the connection, the latency, everything... It was awful. The, the whole experience from start to finish, fucking awful. And you know what? I'm okay with that because I've accepted it. If I want to have my online experience, bro, I'm going on the master race. I'm going right on my PC and I'm going to play games for real. All right? Fuck, fuck the rest. That's just it. Nintendo's staying in their lane. Their online competitive shit, that's the last thing they need to do is get into the online space and act like they're doing something so they can get shit all over, have a bunch of bad press, being in a, in, a, in a space that they have no business being in, that everybody else can do it better, they just know what works for them. Yeah, they got online capabilities, but it's more so there so you can hang out with your little your cousins and your friends and play your little games so that your, your, your kids can go and do their thing. There ain't nobody on Nintendo being a sweaty nerd going out there <laughs> on some real competitive shit. There ain't no high-end competitive scene outside of Smash Bros. That's it. That is the show, and it's universally trash online. It's just the way that it is. 
So, hey, you want to experience that? You got to play that shit at LANs. You got to do that shit in person. And that's where you really get the experience. Everything else, whatever. Nintendo, just keep making good multiplayer and single player games. But make the multiplayers for my friends at home, my family members when they come over. I don't need to be on the internet. You want to know what's nice? Last thing. Yeah, it's super fucking nice. Everything in the gaming world, you have to be logged in. You have to sign up for something. You got to put your email in there. You got to be on some sort of mailing list. You can't even play a single player without being connected to the internet or on some shit while they're doing it. With Nintendo, you don't need any of that shit. You could never log online ever and still have the full-blown experience. And there is something to uh, commend and applaud just for that. Stay in your lane and keep doing what you're doing. And that's just that. Let everybody else do that stupid fuckery. And you, and you know what I'll say about Nintendo for my end cap to this is that it, it, it is that Nintendo is seen or feels like Nintendo as a company is the last company making. That's going to sound weird. They're the last company making games. Yes. Ga- games. Games. Yes. Yes. Not services. Correct. Not second jobs with FOMO. Not Correct. not microtransaction laden fuckery. They're making games. Games that just fun mechanically yeah. games. And the replayability on on the majority of Nintendo games is yes. insane. Yes, insane. The vast majority of AAA stuff outside of Nintendo, you can't wait for this shit to end, or it's ended so quick. And there ain't nothing else to do. You're going, where's the rest of the fucking game? Or it's just a broken fucking mess. And you got to wait six months before somebody patches something. Nintendo? Nah, bro. You play a game, you're almost guaranteed to have fun. Yes. Almost guaranteed. It's the way it is. Next topic, Mr. Black. It's the way it should be. Well, it should be. Yes, it should be. be. Yes, exactly. It should be. Uh, Stormgate dev Frost Giant is looking to open up investment in the company directly this month, uh, meaning March, uh, to help raise further funds for the development of the game. CEO Tim Morton says that the funds will bolster a strategic marketing campaign, setting the stage for Stormgate's early access launch this summer. So they have a bit of a of uh, the, the, this was a couple days ago announced, and for a, a few early access days, if you want to call it early access, getting in and they give you a bonus of amount of shares that you're getting into if you had bought in. Uh, but they are doing this just to try to raise even more money. Uh, they have uh, they've raised about thirty eight million dollars from the Kickstarter and whatever else they had they pulled some money from up to this point. Uh, but as we've discussed, video games are expensive. And so they're looking for other ways to make some more money. And now they're going straight to just selling outright shares in the developer, uh, the development, the development house itself. So uh, if you got a lot of money sitting around and you want to own a few percent of uh, Frost Giant, you want to bank on that bad boy. It's going to be a thing. Evidently. I think it's a bad bet. I think you should save your money. I, I would also, and this is not financial advice, but maybe No. <laughs> And here's the reason why. They have to prove. And they don't they have, have one to, proven game. They have no proven exactly. anything. They don't. As a, as a new team, like I understand a lot of these men and women come from very successful uh, video game backgrounds. Some of the most successful we've ever seen. But at the same time, it is a new studio. Yes. 
And it is an RTS. And from what I'm be from what I'm hearing, they're not announcing any other games. It's not like they're working on a MOBA or a MMO or a fucking single player thing or a battle royale or anything. It is an RTS, and you're about to get into the space of RTS, which is already an extremely hard uh, genre um, to have longevity in. Um, I mean, StarCraft, I guarantee you, loses money year after year after year. It's just out there to be out there. I mean, I don't know. If they're making money, it is like fucking break even. They ain't printing over there at this stage. And the RTS genre as a whole basically needs to be reborn. It needs it needs steroids. It needs juice. And uh, the they have the right team to do it. But would I go and shovel a bunch of you know what, man? I'm gonna say it. And and trust me, I'm rooting for this game. I've given them fourteen hundred dollars of my money via Kickstarter. I will create content for Stormgate. I am rooting for this game immensely. But it's an RTS. I think the game is moving in a very good direction. I haven't played the game in almost two months. So I'm sure I've watched a fair amount of it on Twitch on my free time. But at the same time, it does make me a little nervous that you've raised this much money. You have a Kickstarter and your founder is a multi-billionaire that ultimately wanted to do this in the first place. And it's a little bit concerning that they are leaning so heavily on the support of the RTS community. When in reality, the RTS community needs the support. And these are the people that are going to do it. And listen, we've poured a bunch of money out here, but now you're going to offer stock options to like buy into <laughs> this thing? That is, a, that is, that is mean, wild. And when you start offering stock options? I mean, I, I don't know much about this. I'm only hearing about this right now. So this is like, you know, I'm just processing this out loud. Yeah. But like. It doesn't strike an immense amount of confidence because I don't know how that they could go to potential uh, investors at this stage. Like I'm, I'm assuming that this is for consumer, like everyday. Um, this is anyone? This is anyone. open season. We're, we're not. We're not talking about you're going to other billionaires or people that have hundreds of millions of dollars and they're going, no. yeah, I'll give you a million bucks. Go have fun. I mean, they could, they could theoretically they be could. part of that, but they're opening it up to essentially anyone. Yeah. So it's like, now you're opening it up and what's the pitch. Do you expect this to turn into a billion dollar franchise? Like the, it's an RTS game. Like what, how, like how much is the game going to be? What exactly are the, how, what, how are you going to make money? Like if I'm going to invest into something like, I don't know, maybe it's out there. Maybe there is a pitch deck somewhere that I could go and read online. And I will look for it after this podcast that 
they are basically saying that this is this is how we plan to monetize. This is how we make these are our projections. This is how the beta is going. How many people are playing it? What's what's the average time people are playing the game? How many games are they playing? Are they installing it, playing it, uninstalling it, not playing it anymore? What exactly is this? It's just concerning to me. It's, I... it, 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 it just is. And I, I, it's hard for me, like, and I want to just sing nothing but positive things. And I will say the vast majority of stuff I've seen out of Stormgate look great. I'm still not a fan of the art direction. I absolutely despise it. I'm going to keep it a buck. But hey, it's just art. If the game is good. The game is good. I'll get over that. Right? I'll still enjoy it. But I mean, this is an RTS genre. I, yeah, I don't know. I agree. I don't know what the pitch is here. I find it weird. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to take this when we sit here and we, 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 we uh, continuously poke fun at, um, at Star Citizen's monetization strategy for their game. Um, you know, obviously this is not obvious. I'm not comparing the... The long-standing, the long, it's no, impossible. You but you know what you I mean. Can't. So, like, there, there are two monetization strategies, right? Is like the, the keep making content and then selling the content to fund the, the you know continued development of the game. Obviously, they don't necessarily have that option here by the nature of the game itself. There's no way for them to really piecemeal be selling objects ahead of time to fund the game. So they don't have that avenue. Uh, they've already done a Kickstarter. They largely use the Kickstarter set a low enough thing so that marketing thing. so that That's they it. everyone hears about it. Oh, they blew their Kickstarter yeah. fund out of the water in five minutes, and that's because they set the campaign to like five dollars, uh, and like and that's like the show. And then they take that and they go, you know what "We've I mean? proven, yeah, we've proven this market. Now we take it to actual investors and say, look, we got our shit funded in twenty minutes." Uh, there's obviously a need for or, or a want from the community. Would you like to give us investment rounds? That's how they've r largely reached their $38 million so far in in investment. I want to know, I mean, they would have had to have gone to uh, to the existing investors to some degree anyway before doing this, I would imagine. But I want to know how that conversation went. So go into your, your, your you know, first couple of rounds of investors and saying, okay, guys, so we have $38 million, but we need some more. How do you feel if we open this up and start carving up the company further? Yeah. And, and like, whose shares is that coming from? Is that coming? Like, is it going to be coming from theirs? Else? Like, you right? know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, 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 don't I can't know. imagine what, what's your evaluation. Like, I mean, I don't know. I have to look at all this stuff. I, I'm, I well, I'm trying, I'm trying to find it. I, I don't, I like, I, we can talk about it next week. Yeah, I haven't seen. We'll, you know, have a more in-depth uh, look at what what exactly is going on. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It just, I don't know, man. For me, it's just, it's off-putting. It's it off, is it's, it's a bit. Seen, it, yeah. it almost feels desperate. It almost feels like they need money. And I understand, like, yes. it's expensive to make these games. But, like, you have billionaires on, on your board. Like... And well, this is you know, this is how I look at it too, right? They're basically indie, right? They're they're completely self-published. They're they're completely separate from any other entity other than the investors that they've they've gotten uh, to invest in the company. Thirty. This is how I look at it. I know games are expensive, but thirty-eight million dollars. How many employees do they have? I don't know. Probably not an insane amount. Uh. Uh. Less than a hundred, maybe. 
I don't know. Private employees looks like 49. So they've got, let's call yeah. it 50. That could be old information, but it looks because I'm getting like different numbers based on the year, obviously. Uh, but let's call it 50 employees, right? I feel like, I feel like personally, because this isn't a big AAA development oh, man. situation. I feel like if you can't make a relatively focused minimalist campaign focusing predominantly on multiplayer, because that's where they're going to make their money, selling yep. skins and stuff like that for, for the, yep. the classes or the races and whatnot. Yep. If with 50 people, you can't make that game happen for nearly $40 million, that's, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of, like, if you think, like, a 30, like, $38 million, I mean, like, if you're, like, how much, <laughs> how much are people getting paid? How much, exactly. how much, like, how much license, like, you're licensing for the engine, but in a lot of cases, for the current engines, as we've talked about in the podcast before, until you start selling a bunch of games, you're not really paying tens of millions of dollars in fucking licensing fees, right? There's the startup of like, maybe you maybe you're renting a small location, an office space or something. But if you're smart in the year 2024, you're almost entirely fucking remote right now. Uh, in, in, in at this point in time, otherwise, especially when you're every dollar counts, you're just burning money at that, at that point, have a small physical location, but not overspend uh, on it. So you got a small location, you've got uh, you have 50 or fewer employees. Uh, you're not trying to make a triple a game. You're just trying to make a really nice, tight platform to build off of for your games your studio's first game you got 38 million in uh, us in the bank people are getting paid a fair amount of money here but as, as an indie this is a passion project people shouldn't be getting paid like yeah. buckets of fucking money so yeah. how do you not make that work at 38 mil i feel like i, I feel like i don't know that's why that's why it feels weird to me that like if you can't yeah if you can't make me. that work for 38 mil maybe you shouldn't be making this game i i just got like how much do you need 100 million 100 million dollars for 50 people That'd to make this luck. game you do not you do not want to make a 100 million dollar rts in 2024 like, are you going to make 38 million dollars back on this game already as it stands like is that even going to happen no like you could no. you gotta sell a lot of copies. And they're not selling like boxes, right? They're mostly gonna be having like I think they said free multiplayer like the StarCraft model, and then selling yeah. campaign pieces. You ain't selling that many campaign pieces, that's for no. sure. So like are you a you like and that's what I mean, like if you can't do it for thirty eight and now you're getting people to buy into your company, that's what scares me a little bit. Yeah. Like, how much do you I need don't know now? The details. I don't know. I like I said, I gotta look into this. I don't even know if the shit's public. I have no idea. It would be nice to like, dude, I would love to interview somebody from there, from there. I should probably reach out. Maybe we get them on the podcast. I'm asking them some really tough questions, like just straight up, just yeah. some tough ass questions. Like, what the fuck is going on? Why do you need so much money? <laughs> we know, we know and that, like, we know that, where is it going? We know it's an online game. Server infrastructure is expensive, but you ain't building that out right now. Yeah. You've got, this is in closed beta. You're not, I mean, who knows? Maybe we are grossly underestimating how hmm. much money it costs to create this engine from the ground up and make it all work and do all. Maybe we are. Maybe we're just like, and I'll, I'll admit, I have some ignorance in this because 
I haven't studied it. I legitimately don't know. But what I'm saying is, is when you guys come out of the gate, the storm gate, <laughs> and you say that you're going to make the next StarCraft, the successor to StarCraft 2, and you've got the all-star team. You've got Michael Jordan. You've got Scottie Pippen. You've got even LeBron James coming in. You've got Steph Curry. You've got them all, just about. And you got the all-star team, but you're going to pretend like you're indie when in reality, the majority of you guys have been to the top of Everest. You've looked down and you've been like, <laughs> some of the most successful developers of all time and your CEO one of your founders or co-founders or whatever is a multi-billionaire that lives, eats, sleeps, shit, fucks RTS, or at least he says he does. And I believe it. I've had conversations with Michael Morheim in person, had dinner with him. Fantastic guy. Awesome guy. Very passionate. But you mean to tell me that that group of people need to create a Kickstarter? Well, I don't think that was needed. I'm with you. It was marketing. It's a way to get people involved. It's, I think that was smart. Yeah. But now you're going to open this up and it just comes off desperate. It comes off like you need help. And if the people that have the money, the brain powers and the expertise still need more help, that is room for concern because if money is the only, if money is just the thing that is going to basically guarantee success for them, they already have the people in place. And I'm sure the investors in place to go and get whatever amount of money that they fucking need within reason. So why are you then putting risk on your consumers or your, um, just your regular day to day Joe blow, uh, investor? Why are they putting, why are they now risking, uh, this, why not create the game and then open it up for people to invest? Why are we now part of this development process or opening it up? Maybe they were trying, they've been trying to get more rounds done externally Maybe and haven't been able to. Yeah. That's possible. Maybe that the other investors possible. are looking at the market, looking at the fact that they've already got 40 mil and saying, you know what, guys, we need to see you do more before we're going to come in and give yeah. you more money. You might I can't, uh, that, that sounds like a likely scenario. And look, yeah. I understand that, I understand, you know, we got a, we got, we have a, a, a data center architect in chat right now. I understand that the online portion of games is extraordinarily expensive. But if, if your goal is to do all this stuff without just doing like, uh, you know, peer-to-peer uh, -peer kind of a, a setup for the online or something that's cheaper, find some way to piggyback off of somebody's shit. It just makes, that's what makes me wonder, like, what, like, what is this game worth making? What are you trying to really accomplish here if that's, if, if this is the case? Because I if mean, it's a passion project, right? In which it is. And if, if that's what it is, because that's what it, that's what they've advertised. Yeah. It's a bunch of people getting together that love RTS. They love making games together. And they, this is their baby. This is their passion project. And with all due respect, if you've got very wealthy people that quite literally 
$40 million is like a tax write-off. It's like, it's, you know, I'm never going to sit here because like, once again, I believe in capitalism. I believe I, I, you know what? Save as much as you can, make as much as you can. There's a reason why the wealthy stay wealthy. They use other people's money, OPM, I get it. But at the same time, if this is a passion project and you're selling us on you doing this differently than everybody else, and you've been there before, and you've created this RTS genre for us, and you're coming out, and this is what you want to do for us and, and for yourself, then the onus should be on you to see this through. And to prove your vision to everybody else, it isn't really on the public to do so. Now, will the game still get made if the public doesn't funnel in another $10, $20 million? I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. But it's just, it's just off-putting. It's, it's, it's because here's... Here's my, here's, and I, you can't always direct compare things, but I'm just going to bring in a couple of examples here just to, to try and round this out. So we don't know exactly what StarCraft 2's budget was because Blizzard never actually publicly announced how much it was. However, there was a false reporting of $100 million that they came out and, and corrected and said that that wasn't it and that that figure was actually pulled from World of Warcraft. And mm. so that would tell me that it was south of $100 million, dollars, right? Yeah, yeah. So that gives you an idea. I mean, obviously that was in, that was in development in the, uh, in the early, mid, uh, mid-aughts into launch at two, in 2010. So money has gotten more expensive, especially in the last four years oh. specifically. Oh, yeah. Um, but that gives you an idea of what the ceiling is. StarCraft II being like the pinnacle of the entire genre. The literal peak of the entire genre. Yeah. So if that's the case, then what you could assume loosely is that if you were going to replicate the pinnacle of the entire genre today in today's money yeah. with, a, with a team the size that Blizzard had on StarCraft II, let's call it $100 million. That's the peak. Literal tits. Yeah. Furthermore, if you were to look at, let's say, Last Epoch, a game that I've been playing, that was made by mostly a bunch of dudes that met on Reddit that played ARPGs for years and were diehards, got together and made this a passion project, did the same thing with Kickstarter, you know, the... Set a yep. relatively small goal. 255000 is what they ended up with on their Kickstarter when it, when it began. You know, that was like four years ago when they entered. Four or five years ago now, I, I guess, when they entered. Um, yeah, it was in 2018. When they, uh, when, they, when they did their Kickstarter. And then they sold roughly... I, I think they said they sold roughly a little more than a million units pre-launch. And they were selling it for 35 US, I think. So call it, if you want to be generous, if they did get some extra funding, I don't personally know. They might have got some extra. They hit for 50. Let's call it 50. Somewhere between 40 and 50 themselves. They put out a game that other than some API issues uh, or something along those lines, a service issue that wasn't necessarily server capacity at the time, shouldering 250,000 people concurrent in an online game multiplayer scenario. Now, the netcode for that will be different than the netcode for something like 
uh, an RTS and that it might not have to be quite as tight, although it still has to be pretty tight because there's 70 enemies on the screen all shooting you at the same time, and you have to be able to, to have some form of, of stability there to make that work, especially in a multiplayer environment. And so, they made about the same amount of money work to crank out a game that's currently, com that's currently competing directly with Diablo 4. And I promise you, Diablo 4 cost, them, cost a lot more money oh, yeah. <laughs> with a, and used a lot more people the last yeah. epoch yeah and so if you take those two examples so a recent example of a small indie developer that is not people by the way i'll stress this as mr black mentioned the guys running frost giant are literally they're the guys genre specific veteran the the guys yeah. and the gals dream the, the dream, dream team, team. Yeah. it's the catalina wine mixer Working on a game that is essentially, if you look at it for four seconds, StarCraft, fuck Warcraft. It's StarCraft Light. It's StarCraft Light, man. <laughs> yeah. that's, what it, that's what it is, or like Warcraft Light. So they that's are in their element. They are in their wheelhouse, and they've got nearly yeah. 40 schmill to their fucking name. Yeah. With under 50 people. Or call it 50 people. So, forgive me if I'm a little skeptical that this is because there's some sort of like egregious, uh, egregious unaccounted for, you know, impossibilities in the de development process and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that this is, you know, really necessary money. And the thing that the fact that he, that, 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 that the CEO pointed out that this is going to be largely used for like the marketing push going into the summer, uh, open beta, you know, situation and whatnot. You're going to tell me that, that the opening, opening marketing push for your game is worth percentages of your company. That's... Cannot, I'm going to tell you, these are very, very, very intelligent people. Obvi Michael obviously, Verheim, they're intelligent I mean, people. I mean, this guy ran Blizzard. Yes. Good Blizzard. Yes. Made billions. Yes. Personally, and even more... Yes. ...for shareholders and everybody. This man... And the men and women are, that surround him, they are not stupid. And they are not going to devalue or give away tens of millions of dollars in future profits if they feel like this is going to be a massive success. They just, why would it, especially if you're already worth billions and you could just be like, dude, I'm, you know. I'm going to just front I, this now. I'm going to just front. <laughs> It's 10 million bucks. Let me call my banker up. Tell him to wire some fucking money over. If it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, boo-hoo. That's a tax write-off. We'll take the L. It's a passion project, right? You know, a passion project for me would be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go out and um, I'm going to go buy a, a new set of fancy Callaway golf clubs I have not golf. Go golfing. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to go and splurge. I'm going to go spend 2 grand, 3 grand on a on a set of golf clubs. I'm going to go shoot around a round of golf in Florida and uh, on the fucking nicest golf course they have, which I'm not doing by the way. I am going there, but I'm not I'm this, uh, but I'm saying this is a past Your knee, your knees can't take golf right now. Fuck no. All right. But let's just say that's like that's like me splurging on like a $5,000 ordeal, 
which, you know, is a lot of money, but it's like, okay, I work hard. I don't go on many vacations. I can make this thing swing. If it, if, if I go there and it rains the whole time and my clubs don't get used and I bought the plane tickets and I got there and uh, the golf course is shut down, that sucks, but I'm not going to lose like much sleep over it. I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit of a financial hit, but like we'll survive. That's like them putting in another 12 million bucks to make this 50 million. And if it works fucking great, now we get all the upside in the world. And if it doesn't work well, it's a less one less round of golf. I I mean, that's the, that's the way I'm looking at it. I could be looking at it completely wrong. I mean, now I'm just talking to talk, but like at the same time, dude, it's, it's not, why are you, why, why? Doesn't show a lot of it faith in your own product, it, no? Exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And maybe that's because maybe he already, or they collectively already put in 20 million bucks themselves. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Cult to I, cock, I you. That would be worse for me if you if you if you're now pushing sixty mil and you're going. Oh, we could use some knows? more money. We use some more money for this. Yeah, who knows, right? And these are things that I think when they they put out financials and and things like that, um, you'll be able to actually see. Do I think that they're scam artists or like? No, God, no. Hell no, 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 no. The complete opposite. But it's just like it. This doesn't. Do they believe in their game? It's just, it, like, the optics are weird. The optics are very weird. They're yeah. very weird. This is not a star citizen. This isn't like, this isn't any of that. I'm just a bit concerned and confused from just this news that you just told me. Yeah. And maybe there's more to it that we don't know. It's very possible. But anyway, it is what it is. All right, let me rattle out some quick news, Mr. Black, just some bullet points, and then we'll hip, uh, hit on up to a sponsor segment yeah, and roll on in. Oh, I know, we, yeah, are, yeah. we are burning. Uh, Elden Ring's DLC, I already mentioned this earlier, but Shadow of the Erd Tree was announced this week with a lengthy trailer. Looks like a massive chunk of content. And like I said as well, that's good because they're going to charge 40 US dollars for it. Pro tip, it's going to be worth $40. Uh, no Man's Sky released another free update called Omega and provided an extended free play weekend uh, for new players to try the game out, which went over quite well. Uh, it does feel like they're getting ready, though, to start winding down a No Man's Sky so that they can put more manpower behind their recently announced game Light No Fire, which is basically using the tech from No Man's Sky and expanding it to a single large planet-sized situation. They had the trailer for that back at the Game Awards. And, uh, and I think that this, this probably marks, it's even called Omega. It feels like there's some finality to it. I think that this is going to mark the beginning, not of the end of the game, like I'm not, it's not like that, but like, you're not, you're maybe not going to see massive updates on a quarterly basis anymore. They're probably going to start to slow down to, to put more manpower on their other game. Uh, sadly, the creator of Suikoden, uh, Yoshitaka Moriyama passed away this week due to complications with an ongoing illness. Uh, and so, uh, rest in peace, Kings. We could in, uh, baller old school JRPG, uh, to say the least, uh, wasn't my cup of tea, but it's one of the most, uh, one of the most, uh, heralded of, uh, of that genre. Uh, good timing for, uh, for that Sony announcement I was mentioning earlier as well as the layoff from their layoffs and shutdowns, because today, as of this podcast recording, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is launching, which means the uh, my entire Twitter timeline is probably going to be coded in Tifa titty pictures for the next four to six weeks. They've already been there. It's just going to get what worse. What chunk of the game does this one do? 
This is, okay, so I don't know with certainty because they gave the demo, right? And so with the demo, you can see the world map and interact mm-hmm. with the world map a bit. And people were trying to figure out how to map that map onto like the old world map to see what exactly we're fucking working with. Okay. It does look fucking huge. How much of it is it actually results in content? Not a fucking clue. People seem to be saying that to platinum the game, so to like do all the trophies, somewhere between one to 150 hours. Uh, which means right. that no, the standard game is probably going to be more like 50, I would yeah. say, 50 hours. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's just chock full of fucking mini games and stuff because this is the one that will have the golden saucer uh, yeah. and things along those lines. So now, when you played the first one, when you when you yes. install this one, you yes. basically just continue. You know what I mean? Like you grab you save file and then you just put it right in and you just continue where you left off. It does not touch anything from your first game which is super weird to me. You don't carry anything over from your old files or anything of that nature, really. No plot point, because there's no choice. It's not like Mass Effect, really. So there's nothing like that, so you don't get anything. Yeah, but what about all the gear that you have and stuff? It like, does not matter. Your level? No. All that? No. Fuck that, man. Fuck that! <laughs> That's fucking these are, dumb! Each one of these are completely fucking standalone. That's fucking dumb, bro! That's so <laughs> dumb. What do you start back at level one? Yeah. Fuck that, bro. <laughs> what the fuck? That is dumb as shit. Yes. That is dumb as shit. I agree. That is, come on. And you know why they do that shit? They do that shit so that people that didn't play the first well, one can just pick this one up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, at least give the option. <laughs> Scale the bitch up. If somebody's new, you want to start fresh, start a new game. Or take your one, put it in there, and continue. That, dude, with, with Mass Effect, that's Dang. what they did. If you had it, you could move your choices over. Bruh. If you didn't, they'd let you watch a recap, and then they'd let you make your choices as you would have in the original <laughs> game so that you could still start with the choices for some... And that hey. shit's from, like, 2008, hey. bro! Hey. Better than what Final Fantasy's doing, man. Better than what Final Fantasy's doing. Fuck me, dude. Uh, what can you do? What can but anyway, you do, that's out today. I'll be playing it and probably, I don't know, I'm hoping I like it more than the first because I don't know if I can drag myself across, you know, my nuts on broken glass one more time here. It's you fucking brutal. Will. You know you will. Pro- probably. You probably. Will. Yeah. Uh, and Last of Us director Neil Druckmann, who spends more time in Hollywood than he does behind a keyboard making video games these days, says he doesn't think that he has many more big games left in him. Which honestly makes sense because most of these games are taking eight fucking years to make anyway, and so really you only got about four games in your entire career that you can make. Uh, this guy has made two. Better than most. Well, he's made two, but then he's remade those two like <laughs> eight, nine times. So, you know, it depends on how you want to math that one out, I guess, at the end of the day. Uh, speaking of eight years to make a game, as I mentioned earlier as well, 11 years of development later, Skull and Bones, the quadruple A, as, as Yves Guimot said on the earnings call, <laughs> the quadruple A experience, the first one to market ever. If this is what we are, if this is what we can expect from quadruple A, we're fucked. Uh, it's released and it's bad. Don't play it. Don't buy it. For the love of God, do not support that game. I feel bad. Dude, 11 years. Somebody put this really in a really interesting way, um, when this came out. It was a developer, so, like, from the perspective of a, of a developer. When people graduate and they're getting out and they're putting their resumes out and they join a new project. 
And they've got a couple of different things that they can latch themselves onto. You know, they're putting in their resumes, and they get back, and they're like, okay, Ubisoft is now hi- is going to hire me. I'm getting put on Skull and Bones. Let's go. And you're new. You have no experience. You're being put right into this game. And you spend a third of your career on the first project you ever did leaving school so that when this game finally launches and your ass leaves... Because Ubisoft has a thing that if you leave too early, you don't get credits. So people are staying on until this bitch launches. And internally, apparently, they kept saying it's just going to be one more year. It's going to be one more year. It's going to be one more year. It's going to be one more year. And now you are a junior dev with 11 years of experience on one game. And four kids. Jesus Christ. And so your resume literally says school, school, skull and bones. And that's like your entire resume. And they're like, haven't you been in the industry for over a decade? And you go, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I have. Like, that's terrible. That's fucking brutal. Uh, And then last uh, last but not least, last Epoch and then Helldivers 2 uh, continue to prove that B and A tier titles, not this quadruple A garbage, continue to outperform and and can outperform many of the triple A titles as both have weathered their server issues to sustain huge concurrent player counts post launch. Like I said, I think so far, uh, Last Epoch topped out at around 270,000. Uh, they averaged out to about 200,000 during their daily peaks these days uh, as uh, as people continue to play through. Uh, and, uh, and then I think Helldivers had to cap their servers at 450,000 people, so there was long queue times to get in. Uh, but just so many people trying to get into that one. Neither of these games are AAA. Neither of these games are necessarily made by big publishers for $700 million a pop. Uh, just insane. Apparently now the servers can do seven or, or at about 700,000 for Helldivers 2. That's a lot of damage. That's a lot of people. And so I just want to, once again, uh, I am here to remind... Uh, I'm here to remind the corporate world that spending eight years and $300 million to try to produce a game that you think is going to be the next Fortnite, when you could be making like 10 to 15 smaller games, one or two of which that will pop off and do way more than the shit fucking game that you've just spent a decade of some poor developer's life to fucking make. Dude, I think what they need to do, and we'll end it with this, but I think what I think what they need to do is they need to put out three to five of these smaller passion projects that are good. Yes. While they're while they're doing their bullshit that inevitably will fail to make up for the losses that they have. Yes. And then eventually if they do that enough, they're gonna go, why in the fuck are we making these massive these games? Big fucking massive piles of dog shit. Dude, four years Why? used to be like, oh my god, that's taking forever. That was the Elder Scrolls Oblivion. That was a four years yeah. or something like that. Come up with an idea. By the time it comes out, nobody gives a fuck. No. Everybody's already moved on to like fifteen different things. Ten You've fucking missed years. Missed the mark. Crazy, bro. Insane. That's crazy. And on that note, Mr. Black, sell us out real quick on our wonderful sponsor. Uh, we got Patreon.com/slash/LagTV. Head on over there. Throw money at the screen if you guys want to support us directly. You can do that. We also have NordVPN. Big thank you, everybody. That's been uh, supporting NordVPN and grabbing that subscription. We have re-signed with them now for uh, for another several months. So uh, we do appreciate because you guys have been buying those subscriptions. 
using that link in the description. That is nordvpn.com slash OTT. Uh, make sure you guys go grab a two-year subscription. Get four extra months when you get that. Massive discount. Stay safe. Stay anonymous on the internet. Watch different regions of Netflix and other streaming services at the click of a button. And it's super easy to use. My dad uses it. I use it on the regular. I use it on my smartphone. You can use it on your Mac, your PC, your laptop, your iPad, your smart TV. It virtually connects to anything and everything. It is literally one click. You're in. You're good to go. You can game on the server, stream and game at the same time. No bog down. I never get random cutouts ever. And I'm not even, I'm not even BSing you. Like legit, when I'm on, it's on. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't stream with it if it did that. So you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Uh, have anonymity when you're on the internet, whether you're traveling, you're at home, wherever, guys. Stay protected. And it's less than half, half a cup of coffee at Starbucks a month. Very affordable. One in three households have a VPN. And I think pretty dang soon, it's going to be like one every two households. And then eventually everyone's going to have a VPN. So get one. Stay safe, guys. And use NordVPN and think about us. Click on that link and get it. It's that easy. Oh, and it's a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try it out. You don't like it for whatever reason. Get your couple dollars back because that's all it costs mm. a month. That's it. Mm. Mm. And now it's time for movies and TV. Not a very long list, Mr. Black, for this, uh, for this week. I've got one on here. Disney and Sony are coming together in a deal that will see Sony handle all of its home entertainment media uh, being handed off to Sony. Blu-rays, DVDs, and other physical media will all be handled by Sony from manufacturer straight through to distribution. Uh, which is in an interesting time because, like, Best Buy, for example, is just removing pretty much all physical media from in-store, like, brick-and-mortar shelves. And so where you're going to be buying these things, I don't fucking know, but obviously there are more stores around than just Best Buy, uh, clearly. And, uh, and just attack, yeah, Walmart, for example. Uh, Walmart's probably going, shit, you drop it, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> whatever um this is a I'll, I'll just add this as a little interesting side sidebar to this uh some technology breakthroughs that just happened this is in relation to physical media uh that will that are allowing um i, I won't get too technical about it, but the, basically it's a fancy new version of discs dual layer that can be done in dual layers sort of like blu-rays so you know you can flip them well, if you want to, you can do two-sided or, or multi-layer. Well, actually, it's more than dual-layer, but so you can flip them over. It allows for one disc, they're larger, kind of like, oh, I don't know if they're, I, I can't remember what the dimensions are. I don't think we're talking like laser disc era, but big, but 200 terabytes on one disc. Physical media. So you could have like your entire life on one disc. I've got, I've got like eight terabytes on my NOS and that's more. And I'm doing like all of our, like everything we've ever made, almost everything we've ever made on lag TV, every review, yeah. every, anything I've ever personally done, music, everything, all on that 200 terabytes. One disc is fucking insane. Uh, and so obviously that could be scaled around for various things. Uh, uh the highest capacity Blu-ray right now is I think like a hundred gigs to put that in perspective. Uh, and, and it can be read by current tech. It's not new. It doesn't require some, uh, some other innovation. So the only thing that would be, um, the only thing that would be 
in question when you have 200 terabytes is if you are putting something like, let's say we get to a point where data, data amounts for video or whatever does get so insanely huge that you would need something that big is read speed. How fast can you get a laser to read it? But for general, like large storage or physical yeah, media good. of any kind, yeah, disc good. and you're done. Uh, and, and it's, and because it's like current material, it's cheap as shit. So they could crank out one of these just 200 terabytes for like a hundred bucks or less. Do you know how much it would cost you to get 200 terabytes of fucking hard drives, put that shit in NOS? You are paying out the nose to make that work. And so, um, really, really, really impressive, uh, tech coming out. That gives me hope for the future where we will still be using physical media to some degree because ultimately it's kind of like and mr black would know this because he's got a nice a nice home theater as well at, at home and he still uses physical occasionally it's not all streaming even if you have the best streaming service quality imaginable your 4k you know your disney plus 4k dolby vision the whole nine yards and you stream that and you watch it and then you put a 4k blu-ray into an actual player and watch it. It is literally. Yeah. I know day. it's hard to believe, but even the layperson can see a massive fucking difference between the two. It's essentially like if you ever watched a 1080p Blu-ray disc, that's kind of what 4K looks like in streaming. You're basically getting a Blu-ray 1080p disc. If you go in and you actually watch a proper 4K, it's a different fucking world entirely. Uh, between the two, and so I oh I, I hope that well, at least for now, until we've sir, you know solved the data throughput for streaming and uh, services and compression, that uh, it sticks around. And this this gives me a little bit of hope. Otherwise, that's all I had for movies and TV. Unless you had uh, anything. I mean, I'm going to see Dune uh, Part Two on Saturday. I got my tickets. I'm ready. Oh, that's to exciting. Go. Um, yeah. If 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 you want to, I have an extra ticket, so I'm just I'm throwing oh, it shit. out there. If you want to go on Saturday, I got to Kayla was gonna go, but uh, mom couldn't make it, so I literally have two tickets. <sighs> so I'm just throw that out there. I'll uh, ask but, him if bro, she's interested in Dune. If she's if she is, I'll have to de- I'll have to decline and go and, and just go with yeah, her. Saturday, I'm go I'm going Saturday afternoon. So okay, I'll uh, let you know. But yeah, I'll let you know. Uh, I'm fucking pumped. I, I'm I'm actually I haven't been this excited for a movie. Mm since like i can't it's supposed to be pretty fucking nutty it's 95 percent on rotten tomatoes yeah with a ton of with a ton of reviews and i have listened to at least 20 different reviewers non-spoilers of course Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but i would say out of the 20 17 of them said all of them pretty much said it's a masterpiece but like Mm. 17 of them said it is the best sci-fi movie ever made. Oh, better ever. than Interstellar? Better than Interstellar? Better yes. Than Inter- Fuck! Yes. <laughs> ah! They basically said ah! it's Star Wars. It's Star Wars meets games, Game of Thrones. And it is the ultimate highbrow, high fantasy. Vi- and apparently the visuals in this movie. Well, the visuals in the first were so nuts. crazy. Dude, I am. I cannot. I I am so excited for this movie. It's it's kind of it's kind of mind boggling. You know what they I'm really watching the first one tomorrow. So I'm right, getting ready. Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, getting ready. And then come Saturday, I I just can't. I just can't wait. I I actually just can't wait. I can't wait. I'm um, there for it. 
what blew me away about the first one was how well they did scale. So lots of movies visually, they have lots of, they have stuff that's really big, but for some reason it doesn't feel Mm. big. The object doesn't feel big on screen. In Dune, when that ship comes out, that like pyramid, pyramid ass fucking whatever the fuck, it looked so much bigger than everything else. The scale looked nuts. I didn't even see the first one in IMAX. I saw it here at my house. And I still, I, I still absolutely love it. Yes. I, I can't imagine what this is going to be like in IMAX. Oh my god! I, actually, I just can't. The and audio alone. From what I heard, <laughs> from what I heard, it is mixed. Like we got Hans Zimmer, right? Apparently, this thing is mixed like God. Yes. And the 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 audio and visuals are so intense that apparently it feels like you're there. Like <laughs> it's no 3D. Like you are, you're there. They're like you could taste the sand. And you're not even in the <laughs> desert. Like, Dude, it's, who is, it's, it's actually, it's insane. The, who the, in the, the fuck cast, is going to come up and replace Hans Zimmer when he retires eventually? I don't, I, I don't know. How? I don't know, but I'm, my, body, my body is so ready for this. The, 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 the cast in this is fucking insane. The movie looks so insane. And apparently the action, there's like infinitely more action in this. And it all feels like, and like, apparently it's like Game of Thrones, bro. Like, you don't know who's going to die. Like, in every scene, <laughs> some shit might go down. Like, I, bro, I'm, in, I'm, I'm so ready. Especially since I'm, you I haven't go, read the books. You have, you, you yeah, have no fuck, idea. Fuck, dude, the people that read the books are like, this is incredible. And they're like, yeah, there's a couple of big things that they changed, but they changed for very specific reasons so that it works on the big screen. But pretty much every single, I mean, dude, it's 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. I guarantee you there's a lot of people that read the books. Yeah, and if they're still giving this high praise, they're they're calling this better than Lord of the Rings, the 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 second installment in Lord of the Rings. They're saying it's better than Empire Strikes Back. Oh, they're saying they're saying that this movie Bro. is, um, dude, this is what they're saying. They're setting this up, man. This Do you know how much real, like expectation you have when you say it's better than stuff like that? Like like for real, all of it, all of it, and I'm going in with the ultimate high expectations. We're going to see what happens. And Woo! I'll be brutally honest. But that first movie was fire. Oh, of course. Fire. I'm ready. I haven't watched or done anything fancy. Em and I have been watching Love is Blind this season. We just watched mm. the episodes that released yesterday. It's a spicy mm. season. It's a fucking well, spicy I, uh... season. I was falling asleep last night, so I have 20 minutes left of the last episode they put in. Oh, you've been watching it too? Oh, come on. Man. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's me you're talking about here. Love is blind. I'm, I'm day one Andy. Bro, can we, can we, can we say, can we Bro, say that, bitch, that, that fucking, that, that, dude, that Chelsea I hate and that. Jimmy? I hate her! Frustrating to watch, bro. Oh my god, I've never seen so much victim card pulls oh in my, my life. The you amount know, of oh. peak, dude. If somebody oh. wanted to look up self sabotage in the dictionary, it has to be. They go dude. from like they go from meeting his because you've seen when they met the parents, right? So yes. and the next scene. They are yes. like peak relationship. Everything is going so well. They're literally telling each other, I've never been so happy. And then immediately after that sentence, she goes, hand grenade. Yep. 
Yep. And I know fucks you it up. fucked her. <laughs> I know you fucked her. Dude, I, I out no. of nowhere, and this dude, this dude was apparently out of the house for an hour and a half, hour which means, and a half. One which hour means with thirty minutes had one beer with transit this time. With transit time. He, which means he was probably actually at the bar from, like, let's assume he lives 15 minutes away. He was there for Bruh. 60 minutes. Bruh. With Bruh, a bunch I of people. Dude, I was raging. Oh, I was so I was, angry. I was, dude, I was mad. I'm, and I'm, when he I'm said, I'm done, I was like, yes! I was like, yes, yes! Let's go! Yes! He I'm finally like, grew a scent. Dude, I was screaming for episodes going, you're a beta! You're a beta! <laughs> Stop! You're embarrassing yourself. You're a beta. Stop. You're getting gaslit. She's f fucking walking all over you. This she's crazy as hell. She yes. Now you wonder why she's divorced. I mean, Jesus Christ. Bro. She is. I dude. I can't. I've seen. I've seen them all. I've seen all. I, I have seen every season of every dog shit reality TV show that known to man. She quite literally is the worst person I've seen. On yes. any of them. Yes. And I've seen some bad shit crazy yes. people. Men yes. and female. Yes. Wild. Wild. She is on the number one spot. Megan Fox? Bitch, you crazy. <laughs> she thinks she was Meg. Dude, I don't even get me going, bro. Bro. Don't even get me going. When he said, when he set her up, bro, he said, he said, yo, oh, so so what? You don't want me to hang you don't want to hang out with my friends? Like, is that what it is? Cause like I can work. I she's like, yes, I don't. He's like, okay, cool. Yeah, we're done. I was like, yes, yes, yes. He's growing a pair. Fuck her. Well, she, Next no, he said, well, he didn't say I'm done yet. He said, I don't know if I can do that. And then he's, and then she's, she's like, he was like, you, you sound like you don't think I love you. Yeah. And she's, yeah. and she said, I don't know. I, he said, are you telling? Know. And he gave her like three more chances, three chances. to correct yes. herself. She and wouldn't. she and she wouldn't. And so he said, "If you don't, if you're gonna tell me you don't think I love you, and I've been doing all this shit to the what he thinks is the most he can do," he said, "I'm done. This is done. We can't go on." And then that stupid oh fuck got baited oh. right back in again. There, there, and you know what's crazy? Because in that same in that conversation, he reminded her that he's done, and still somehow this poor bastard. Got roped back it, in, and I said no. And Jimmy, what does why? she do? What does she do? The moment, the moment he caves, and he says, she yes, starts joking about it. Shit at him yes, again. Yes. Right. Immediately. Oh, what are you fucking yes. doing? This bitch is crazy. She's she's actually crazy. She's actually crazy, and he's a dipshit. He's fucking stupid. Oh, I gave up on him. What are you I gave doing? Up. I get bro. What are Bro? you doing? Bro? She, she threw him under the bus the moment he took her back. Within five seconds, bro. Did you see, so did you see, I know you got like 20 minutes left, but did you see where he ends up seeing Jess and talking to her? Yes. I was like, yes, I saw I saw that. So I, that's that's where I was getting tired. Bro, he saw her and he was like, and, and I was thinking to myself, oh, oh, Chelsea's done. The bag, the ba the bag that was dropped has almost oh never been so big. It's oh almost never God. been so big. Bro, I and she wants him. Yes. On top of that. Still. She's still, still playing the field. Buddy. buddy and he said, you're up. still my number one. Oh, when they were sitting there. Did you hear him Dude, say that I, shit? Oh, I heard him say that. He I said, I said. I said, I said, do it, Jimmy. I was thinking to myself. Do it, Jimmy. 
Dude, Do he, needs to, he needs to stick his tip in there. And he needs to get the fuck away from Chelsea. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you. Dude, there's no way. I'm, I'm, I'm calling it right now. There's no way this dude marries this chick. There's no way. I can't do it. get to the altar. She's going to go first, and she's going to say yes. And then it's going to be him, and he's going to sit there. And I'm telling you, bro, if he says yes, I mean, the train wreck, it no. will be. It, no. No. <laughs> no. No. Jimmy is already the old. Jimmy is already the oldest uh, looking 27 year old man yes, I have ever yes. seen in my life. Yes. If he marries this woman, oh, he's, he is going he's to look 90 in the next two years. There, there is, is no universe. You do the amount of where? emotional energy this woman would suck from you. So when she, you know what this made me question is I don't doubt that she did have bad relationships in the past, but when she said that, that she was being emotionally abused by all these men, Oh, watching her with this it. guy. I went, I, I don't, don't know it. how much I can even believe what you're saying no. anymore. She's crazy. She's, she's actually, I'm sorry. And I hate speaking about people like this, but like she's, it's there. It's there for everybody to watch. She's actually not ready. Like, I don't know if she's got an issue. She's like, got unresolved. Like she has unresolved she has like trauma that hard, she needs. Trauma. She needs hard therapy. Trauma. Bad. But all of it. Bad. And she needs all of the. She needs all of the therapy. But Dude, she's, she's also a little she, sociopathic because she's a. She's she gaslights, manipulates. Oh man, she's the worst, dude. They could. They could quite literally have experienced bliss, and within five seconds, she will sabotage yes. everything for no reason. Yes. And the guy constantly is like, "I love you, baby. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you." I listen. I love he. And he's doing it because he feels like he needs to because she needs validation 24-7. Dude, this guy can't even go to the bar when he's part of a reality show to go meet up with the other reality show people. For an hour. And have a drink for a birthday for an hour. For one hour and comes home. Unlike the other dipshit that went oh, out that to dude. 1 o'clock in the morning with the other chick. You deserve to get fucking blasted. Left his, left his phone in the car. But yes. left his watch on, watch so on she tracked the watch. The guy is so stupid. If you're gonna be, an, if you're gonna go and cheat and do some dumb shit, at least be smart, right? Dude, you're a fucking dipshit. That dude's so a she fucking had idiot. Right to go. She oh, was yeah. annoyed by him since the start. Since oh, yeah. the very start, she couldn't fucking stand dude, that dude. She cooked. She cooked that guy. <laughs> dude, everything that guy did, she was like, "You're annoying the fuck out of me." Like, and she's trying to say it in a nice way, but like everything she says, like, "Dude, you're a fucking immature dipshit. I can't stand you." And finally, he did some ultimate dumb shit, bro. I thought he was fucking smart. Got caught up. He deserved it. But this this other dude, the Jimmy? Yeah, bro, Jimmy. This yeah. guy is doing everything he can to fucking make this shit work. And she is just railing on this dude. He can't win an argument. And it's funny because you can tell this guy is he's very, he's very um he's a nice guy. He's yes. passive. Yes. And but you know it's bad when the nice passive guy cracks. And well, I said that because he's brushing he his teeth. He's brushing yes. his teeth, having walked away from that like conversation. And she chases after him and starts yes. pressing him. And I hadn't heard Jimmy raise his voice on camera one time. And finally, yeah. he doesn't even and he doesn't even yell. Like Jimmy yelling on camera is like a is like a slight fucking raise in volume. But it was enough yeah. out of the norm that I went, uh oh, oh yeah. Jimmy finally found Jimmy found his pair, yeah. and he going yeah. in, and he did. Yeah. 
And she yeah. started bringing up shit that they talked about off camera. Like the fact I that know, he had admitted that he admitted that. admitted to her because she was yes, asking him and he's being truthful. He slept with yes. one of his girlfriends before, but it did. Yes. It was, obviously, it was weird. And now they're just friends about it or whatever the fuck is honest about it. It was one of the two girls that he had brought to meet her. I mean, yes. Clearly, he's not hiding shit. And she brings it up on camera and dudes brushes his teeth and goes TV. and goes. Stop, oh, yeah. Stops brushing. Did this bitch really just say that? Is she serious? He had a private conversation with her away from the camera to let her know yes. about the relationship. And then she used it as ammo on camera oh. to start an argument. Oh, She's like, and then not only that, and he was right, and he called her out on it. Yes. He said, you're fishing. Yes. Oh, Who her. this shit? Bitch. What the fuck? I and she had nothing. She had nothing. She had nothing. And all she was doing, well, I heard you were doing this. I heard you didn't hear shit, bitch. Who she's told you? Happened. Who told she's, you? What she's doing? She's trying. She's trying to get him to admit to something that he never did. And yeah. he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? I went for a drink. I was Bro. home at a reasonable hour. What the fuck? I got to yeah, keep dude, it. I got to keep it a buck, bro. I got to keep it a buck. Yeah. Keep it a buck. If I'm Jimmy, okay? If I'm Jimmy. And I go through all of that, and I go through that conversation, and I'm putting up with all this shit, and then I get to that fucking party, and Jess walks into the room. I have oh. a serious conversation with myself for a moment. I say, okay, I've got a couple of options here. I could, I could, I could do something here, and I'm, I might be a lot happier on the other side. But I'm gonna get judged for this real fucking hard, and I'm on national TV. But I'm already on national TV, getting judged hard right now anyway. So do I care? Or two, do I just stick to my guns and be good to no. this, you know, into this situation, make mom and dad proud? I just, show, I just, I just introduced her to my parents and go through and Jimmy went the, the Jimmy Renner went, went a route that not very many men would have the willpower. I wouldn't to take, I would have saw, I would have saw the other one after all. And I, listen, after if, everything that just happened, if it was good, totally different, totally different. Yes. You know what? She's a bit more attractive. I get it. Yeah. I got feelings for her still, but Hey, I'm committed. Yes. This is great. This is what I chose. She lit that I'm bitch on fire. Like, yeah, but no, 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 not after what Chelsea Chelsea's been doing the whole time, bro. As soon as I saw Jessica, the moment I saw <laughs> I said, her, dive now, I turned around, <laughs> and I would have said, "Yo, Chelsea, come here for a second. <laughs> We're done." <laughs> I it would have been that it would have been that quick. And you know what? If he really thinks about it, maybe he just doesn't see it because he's in the thick of it. It may be. But, I mean, it's possible. But all, but all of America wants him to do exactly oh, that oh everyone's waiting bro his parents would want that <laughs> yes the viewers want that yes everybody hates this chick yes she's a fucking she is she's she is amber heard light bro yes. without the abuse yeah the gaslighting is, is it, insane it's a different type of an abuse i'm there's no it's physical emotional. abuse it's emotional and it's like it's fucking it's abusive she is cra she's crazy she's crazy I, anyway, Jimmy, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I'm going to watch the rest of the episode tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only had like 20 minutes left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we got to wait another week to get the finales. And my body is ready. My body's ready for the reunion. 
Oh. Like what the fuck? Oh my is god! Going on? Oh, bro, this oh. this season's juicy, man. This is a juicy. Season. It's a good season, bro. It's a good season, it's a good season. season for real. Season. I gotta I be honest. This is a yeah. It's a good. It's been a good show. I mean, but you know man, sucks, you know what sucks about this? Nick Lachey. He no longer <laughs> says obviously. Ah, oh, they got rid of it. Obviously, Nick Lachey. He hasn't done that in two. Seasons. I'm salty. I told him. I know. I've been making that joke all the time. Like every time he comes on camera, Em and I are watching the show. I literally say out loud every time, and I'm Nick Lachey. (laughs) Obviously, obviously, (laughs) he always says the obviously. (laughs) Obviously, who wouldn't know about ninety-eight degrees? I'm Nick. I'm Nick Lachey. He probably stopped saying it because everybody, when they saw when when he said, "Hey, I'm Nick Lachey," they're probably like, "Obviously, yeah." They yeah. probably knew the fuck out of him, bro. Like everywhere he goes, it's probably like, "Obviously, Nick Lachey." I, we know who you are, Nick. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, but for real, Jimmy, Jesus Christ, get it together, Jimmy. Please, Jimmy, please. Anyway, please. we gotta fucking pick the space. We got derailed yeah, we hard there. Uh, it's time okay. for. Uh, tech support patreon.com slash lag tv we get a couple of these in but uh for five dollars or more a month you get a couple of perks chiefly you get to ask us uh some questions i put a uh, post up each and every week uh if i can see it because uh patreon's app is literally broken right now i'm going to try and launch that again what is going on? Is there like some sort of fucking meme happening that I'm not aware of? I literally just posted this ages ago. Please and thank you. That's a chat. Oh, I fucking I hate Patreon. Uh Patreon's fucking app so much. There we go. Alright, we got it. Uh yeah, patreon.com slash lag TV. Uh put a post up each and every week uh just before we do the podcast live for five dollars more a month to get some perks. Chiefly get to ask us some questions on that post. Uh and we give you the answers in the time that we have. Uh let's see. Uh trying to find some stuff that we haven't answered. Uh, so this is a, a random one. It'd be an interesting one. Zonix asked, who's the most famous person that you know personally? I don't know if I know. Well, like, uh, beyond, beyond having met some people, I don't, it's not like I've got friends who are famous. Yeah. That, like, are, like, famous famous or some shit. That I've got them on speed dial. Um... We just met people at, like, events and shit, but we never, like, we, like, I don't think either of us really, and you were to more events than I was, but I don't think, I don't think you know any, like, crazy, and by no, because no indicates, like, you're bordering on friend level of, of knowledge, or not knowledge, but, uh, of relationship. I can't I, think I, of. I can't think of anybody. I mean, no. you're probably the most famous person I know. <laughs> Yeah, and vice versa. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, and I I'm you know. I'm about as I'm about as fucking famous as your local grocery store clerk. Uh, let's see. Hmm. Oh, I think we can answer this really quickly. But uh, Steve uh, Stephen asks: Is OnlyFans empowering?
I mean, do you, do you, what, what, do you want do you want the political version? Do you want do you want the uh, political correct version? Or no, do you want no. The, give your like, own opinion of it. Nobody's like, what do we like? What do we got to lose here? Really? <laughs> Listen, here's my take. I'll, I'll, di- I'll dive on the grenade first. I'll dive on the grenade uh, first. Okay. Um. I think it's I think it's only empowering for the for the very small number of creators on that platform that are truly comfortable with being and 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 working on that platform because there are an enormous amount of people that are on there that are doing it predominantly as a cash grab and I don't think they've reconciled with themselves the actual Long-term effects that this Long-term, is going to have on their, yeah, on their life or just how they feel about it personally. I think a lot of them, when they see the dollar signs shelve some of their feelings about it, and I don't think, I think it's a largely toxic, uh, uh, personally, like internally for the individual, a toxic uh, uh, industry to be in. I feel, I think it's very difficult for people to not... Um, have some struggle with that but there are people that absolutely when they say that they do and they're comfortable with it and they don't care there are a number of a small number of people that i truly believe that's 100 percent accurate and but i just don't think that there's that many of them for those people i would say yes for everyone else that's not in that category i would say that it's probably doing you know you might be making money but you're probably you're weighing that money against everything else that it comes with and so you're you're playing a much more calculated game uh, with your yourself from a moral standpoint. I think at, uh, at that point, it's just what you're willing to actually uh, do for that money. It's like uh, like anything really that you do for money. You know, everyone's got a line. You know, like some people aren't going to do. There's lots of things that, you, that somebody could offer you money to do, and you're not going to do it on a moral on a moral basis. It's kind of the same thing here. So I think yes, but only for I truly believe it's for a very small number of people and for everyone else. I think it's I think it's pretty degrading for themselves. And I think they just ignore it as long as they're making money, um, then then it works. And honestly, we've talked about this before. It's understandable when you see how many people uh, because even though it's a flooded market, there's a lot of a lot of girls making a lot of money that they wouldn't make in a regular job outright and um in current era money is hard to come by for a lot of people and this is a an avenue for people to put put food on the table that they would struggle to do otherwise and so uh i don't judge them for it i just hope that those the people that do it are not harming themselves on some other level to just because of the the money um that is possibly there for them. So do I think it's empowering? Not inherently. I don't think, I don't think it's inherently like just because you can make money. Woo. I don't think that makes anything empowering necessarily by default. I think there's some caveats that come along with it, just like anything else that you can make money with. Yeah. Well, my thing is, is I can't tell people what is empowering to them and what isn't. So you know, ultimately, I'm sure that the platform is very empowering for men and women, um, very specific people. I get that. Um, but I also think it's more empowering for bank accounts and porn addiction. 
and ultimately, um, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, let, let's, let, let's just call it what it is, man. It's, it's porn. Well, it is it's porn. porn. Oh, it's a hundred percent porn. It's, and so it's, it, it's it comes down to spectrum. like, what is your, what, how, what is your comfort level being a part of that machine? Yeah. And that's, that's all individuals and everybody yeah, has exactly. their own reasons for doing whatever. It's none of yeah. my business and it's their body. It's their choice. You yeah. know, ultimately um, I'm not going to hate on somebody for doing what they do. Um, I would never date somebody that's on OnlyFans. Um, I would never. Um, uh, I mean, I'm married anyway, so I don't even have. To, I don't even have to have that option. But um, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest, man. I and it's it's, you know, I I just, I think it's a net negative, man. I just don't think it's a very. I, I, I think I it's truly, a net negative as well. I but truly I, think it's. But I also understand that it's helped yeah. a lot of men and women. Yeah. Um, take themselves out of bad situations. Maybe they put it into into a worse dip in a different way. But once again, it's their lives. It's their body. It's their choice. They have the right to do it. Um, I would be mortified if it was my daughter. Or my son, I would be very upset. I would feel like a failure of a father. Um, I would do everything in my power to tell my child that this is not what you have to do to make a living. And ultimately, if they still decided after my guidance uh, that that's what they wanted to do, I'd still love them. But I would be very disappointed. Yeah. Very disappointed. Broken absolutely broken that you're you you know you're you're you you've 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 gone to this place to to pay bills or some people just to do it to do it and i think for the ones that want to do it that enjoy doing it then um then by all means go for it but man do what would i feel awful and do feel bad for the ones that are trapped in it just like any other addiction Drugs, alcohol, gambling, whatever, whatever it is, the sex industry is a very dark, crazy place. I can't imagine the DMs that some of these men and women get and the things that they have to endure and listen to for money. It's, it's, a t it's tough, but yes, it does empower some people. Um, and I, not all OnlyFans is porn related. There's a lot of OnlyFans channels that have nothing to do with showing off their body and, you know, taking pictures and videos and things like that, or just making porn. There's, there's like legit fan accounts where they do stuff like you and I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's some good and there's, and there's a, there's a lot of bad, but Hey, it's on, it's on the individual. Mm, I will do two other quick ones here and call it. What is your favorite? This comes from, uh, from Seth. There are some other good questions here. So if we didn't get it to your, to your questions this week, guys, let's save them and, and put them on the post for, uh, for the next podcast. Um, 
we're just tight on time today. What is your and we and we got side sidetracked by by uh, drama television, which is incredible. Yeah, I mean, uh, hey, we're gonna get sidetracked <laughs> on something. That's the one. Let it be that. That's the one. Uh, Seth asks, "What's your favorite Lord of the Rings film of the uh, of I guess well, I'm gonna say it's probably of the trilogy because sure shit not gonna be one of the Hobbit films. So yeah. Mm. Honestly, I'm just gonna say the first one. Yeah, the first I, the first one has has such a the music of, when you first yeah. hear the the music in the Shire and Gandalf is is rolling in on the cart. That shit hits different. You hear that it same track multiple times uh, throughout the, but when you get it that first place, and the world right. isn't set on fire yet, that, like that's that's you know it's hard for me to. They're all incredible. They're fucking they're all incredible movies. But that's probably yeah, it for me. Yeah, they are. I'm 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 gonna simply go with the Return of the King just to be different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The second this the second one was not my favorite. It was not my favorite. The the third one the, like the climax. It's it's pretty fucking good, but the first oh, one yeah. is so special, man. It's just oh. it's hard to 100%. pick. It's 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 they're all great. They're all great. This is a random fun random fun fact. You remember the part, or you know the part of Lord of the Rings where Gandalf comes back as as Gandalf the White. Yep. Uh, and it's that super bright fucking Jesus yes. ass moment. <laughs> so. That horse. was, yeah, so that was apparently, as far as, like, HDR, like, high dynamic range, or, like, nits of brightness, that was apparently edited to be, what was it? It's something insane. It's, like, over 2,000 nits or some insane fucking level. So we're only just getting a handful of TVs now coming up that are expensive that will actually be able to tone map for that brightness level for you to see the original artistic intent of just how fucking bright Gandalf was coming into the fucking room. Like That's that crazy. is, and that movie is from fucking like 20 something years ago. So yeah, everyone for crazy. years, for the last 20 years, you've been seeing like a white amorphous blob on your TV. That's like clipping. That's not what it's supposed to look like. There's, there's more going on in there, but you won't be able to see it until you buy a TV in another fucking ten years. Then you'll be able to appreciate the original artistic intent of Gandalf coming back. Uh, finally, Golf asks, who is your most iconic video game NPC? Fuck, there's a lot of good NPCs, bro. Bro, I'm gonna go with the dude from Skyrim, man, the, that, got, uh, that got the arrow to the knee. Oh, that is a good one. I mean, Fuck. bro, that shit was the guard. Just like the guard. Ever, I used man. to be an adventurer yeah, like you would... until I took an arrow to the knee. Yeah, that like that has been everywhere, dude. That's true. That's true. That's I'm gonna... iconic, man. <sighs> There's so many. I want to pick one that's kind of like um, not obscure, but a little, just a little different. Uh, when I think of NPCs, like I like kind of iconic NPCs. Honestly, I think the Legend of Zelda franchise has almost the most number of iconic NPCs. So, like, uh, Frank Miller. Oh, Jesus. Uh, there's there's the person in, uh, in GTA that, (laughs) anyway, there's a Frank Miller in there and he's a fucking, (laughs) anyway. An NPC. Uh, so, so, uh, uh, so I would say, like for example, the guy that's in the the um the guy that's in the uh the windmill uh that teaches you the song of storms, like that guy 
is iconic, or the Happy Mask Salesman from Zelda is another really good NPC. So there's like a lot of really like dope NPCs from Zelda. So I'll, I'll go with uh, I'll go with one of those two, um, uh, or Jib from from Morrowind, the first guy that you meet on the boat when you wake up. That guy oh, goes yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. That guy goes on to apparently canonically kill every cliff racer in Morrowind, and they make him a saint. Like canonically, wow. that's a, and he shows up in later like in Elder Scrolls Online and shit. The Saint Jib, he's actually been created a saint because he killed all the fucking cliff racers, oh, which is like an inside cool. joke because everyone hated the fucking cliff racers. And so yeah, anyway, so that's that's another another good one. But that's where we're gonna end it. We gotta go and do other stuff. Mister Black's got a busy day uh, coming up here. He's got some meetings that he's gonna uh, be in for. We got Starcraft tackle amongst other things as well. So we'll leave you with that, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for hanging out. Hopefully you enjoyed the podcast uh this week and as always uh theoretically barring more uh more random power outages and birthdays we should theoretically also be back next week and until then stay safe out there have a good one and peace peace